Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. It's the Taz Show, everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action, hip-hop Jones got the music blasting, better watch out, it's all he's asking, over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker, original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner, there I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Taz Show. All right, here we go, here we go, Friday, it's a Friday edition. Kind of a unique edition of the Taz Show. Live, live on this Friday. As all of the jobbers in the office or at your garage where you work and you're changing mufflers and all changes. Or maybe you're a school teacher starting late summer because you're miserable at your job. You're all walking through work and saying, Happy Friday, Bob. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Happy Friday. Or you could go all freak yourself. Because it's not a happy Friday. Because I got the friggin' thing on my hand. And I can't drive. I'm right-handed. Busted up hand zones. Nerve damage everywhere. But I'm battling. I'm grinding. Empty seat studio if you're looking at the video. Regardless, thanks for listening live at TazShow.com. Maybe you're listening. Uh, maybe you're watching live at TazShow.com. Maybe you listen to the audio on demand. The podcast version of the show. At uh, TuneIn or iTunes or Spotify. You're doing all that. I appreciate it. Appreciate the love. The crew is in Manhattan and yours truly is not. I'm via Skype, live Jones. Hopefully we have no tactical issues. I might have just jinxed us. But we, maybe we've had them already. I have no idea. Um, the one thing I will tell you, there might not be phones in this episode of the show. We had some phone issues, so let's not count on the phone's work. And that's what I'm hearing. So just because we, you know, we did a test run yesterday. We didn't test the phones because I don't know. They took the phones. Mr. Pimento ate a phone, something. But if you want to try to call, it's not really going to work. But you can at 866-475-2948. 866-475-2948. If you couldn't tell, the sound effects store is on vacation. Um, they are. There is a smaller sound effects store that's next door to the big sound effects store. And that is working, but they don't do a lot of sound effects, so we shouldn't be disturbed much at all how in the show. I'm just letting you know. So that's really how this works. Uh, let me bring in uh, not the lumberjack; he is actually off today. But I would bring in the original producer of the Taz Show and the Human Podcast Machine, Ooh. Big Star Jones, the next next big thing in radio. And uh, they call him Base Stealing Jones. He runs like a deer. He runs like the Dickens. Ricky Henderson is a punk next to this guy. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> KFJ, he's got his Kung Fu shirt on. He's ready to go. Him and Anthony in a Taekwondo Kung Fu battle. It might happen one day. McGregor, Mayweather tomorrow night. Forget that shit. We got, uh, we got Seth. And, that's right. Seth Southport Jones. That's his new name. Against Anthony in a, in a martial arts horrendous duel. Uh, welcome to the show then, uh, Seth. Hey, man. It's great to be here. Glad to Turn your mic. Put your mic close to your face, sir. This is, I know it's your first time doing this. Glad to be don't... here. You're good. I, I, we need to get the framing right here. I'm not happy already with the problem. I'm so tall. That's hey, why. You look great. You. It's probably on my end. It's probably on my end. Um, let's get a two-shot Jones here real quick. On the air, just 
Oh, now it's better. That was my fault. That was frame, 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 Anthony. Uh, Seth, everyone's wondering, um, yeah. how are you feeling, sir? I feel like $100, man. Okay, great, because you look like five. Rim shot. <laughs> where, is, where is the freaking <laughs> that we need it? So, look, at, let me update the people on my hand. No one really cares about you. One shot on Taz. I'm directing the show. We don't need the little sound effects store next door to shoot its wads in segment one. I think this was discussed in the rehearsal yesterday. I'm just saying. <laughs> now I digress. So in this particular episode, I'm going to tell you an update on my hand. Then I'm going to get into some house cleaning. So here's the update on my hand. I got a big-ass gimmick on it. If you didn't see some of the stuff I talked about yesterday before, they cut me here real deep. A bunch of stitches. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently right there. They had to get all this nerve issues from my neck traveling down my arm into this tunnel where all, all of us have our nerves in our wrist. So that's like what carpal tunnel is, but this is like another level of carpal tunnel because they had a the main artery and vein was torn, uh, not torn, pinched severely from my neck. They, they gave the example like a garden hose that's kinked, and one of the major kinks was in my wrist, and they're hoping I could get some relief in the whole, I have a lot of numbness on the right side of my body from that, you know, it all started from the botched pile driver, the spike pile driver from back in the day um, when I broke my neck. So in Florida, but uh, and then wrestled on it for years and lifted on it for years and, you know, lifted heavy and all this jazz and bumped and bumped. Didn't sell, but I did bump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so I I'm right handed. This is my right hand. Um, and, you know, uh, driving around Manhattan with one hand is not easy. Uh, it's probably not safe. Um, I've been instructed by many people uh, above my pay grade. I should do the show for a few days like this on Skype. Bring the task to you guys. The team is in studio busting their ass. We're here going to do a show regular till 9 a.m., the same routine. Um, appreciate you guys battling through with us. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to come out and, and do my normal show here. And this show is going to be fun. So what we're going to do here. A little later on, we'll do a little spitball with sports because if even if you're not a New York sports fan, that, especially a baseball fan, yesterday was a crazy day. We'll get into that a little bit. And um, also, let me get into some house cleaning right off the lip tip, nip, dip, as the kids are saying. Seth, can we do a little house cleaning, please? In uh, three, two, one. It's time for Taz to do some house cleaning, tidying up all the <laughs> schmutz and other bullshit on the Taz show. Okay, okay. Hey, sir, stay on the mic. We can't hear you. You talking to me? Yes, sir. I am on the mic. I am on the mic. I didn't move my mic. Turn your mic on. Turn your... Can you hear me now? One, two, three, four, five. Yes, ten. sir. You got me? Okay, as I said, E5L. Maybe because she blasted the music in my ear. Uh, E5L. <laughs> that could be the reason, because she suck at levels, but welcome back to the show. Um... <laughs> Yeah, E5L. Can we have a graphic, please, E5L? Anthony's the only guy who knows what he's doing. There it is, E5L. <laughs> okay, it dropped. It dropped. Uh, when did it drop? Ant, get Ant in here, please, Ant. I believe... Turn his mic on. Hey, boss. I believe it dropped uh, on the Friday before the special or that Saturday. Yeah. I'm wearing it right now, but uh, there it is right there. E5L, get it. Um, it's a great shirt. You're going to love it. It's badass. Seth's begging you ready for a free one. He loves free merch. The guy has tons of free Taz merch and never wears it. So I think he sells it on eBay. What do you do? You sell it? Uh, I do sell it. I, I was going to borrow Dennis's, but I was going to use it for a blanket. 
Boom. Oh. <laughs> How's it going? Um, well, anyway, and uh, so that's the thing. Get your E5L shirt for sure. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees and do that. Search TAZ at Pro Wrestling Tees. They have all the Taz Show merch right there. All the cool stuff you see us wearing on the show here. Uh, they have all that stuff. Also, um, want to talk about today's show. We're going to a little graphic fly up about the fantasy draft. That's right. This is big right here. We have not done a fantasy draft. <laughs> Leave that up for a minute, Nick. We haven't done a fantasy draft in a long time live. Seth was part of the original fantasy draft, along with my man Mike Tenay, the professor. I did reach out to Mike. It's very old for him to get up. He's also on vacation. He lives in Vegas. I believe he's in California. He's laying low. He's chilling still. So we're not. I wanted Mike's list. He couldn't do that. That's fine. He's busy with his family and stuff, so it's cool. So Seth and I, who do a live fantasy draft, and if you want to get a list together, you can, but you see the topic right there, top 10 world champs of all time. This is a tough thing to do. This is not easy. Top 10 world champs. There have been a lot of great world champions in pro wrestling. This is male champions, by the way. So we're going to do this, Seth and I. Um, I'll try to incorporate some of you guys on Twitter if I can, or even the gimmick chat. I don't know. i got to see. i got a lot going on here because I'm not in the studio, and Lord knows I can't put more on Seth. Look at the great shot of Seth right there. Uh, this actually is from yesterday, Seth, correct? Is this yes, from sir. Yesterday? It's from yesterday. <laughs> Would you like to defend yourself about this photo? Oh, dude, I was scrambling yesterday. I was doing 100 things at once. Uh, that was just one of the 100. So. As opposed as opposed to today. Um, oh, damn, I'm golden. Oh, yeah, your money. You look great, too. Thank Jesus. you. Um, why would you wear the one hat that we don't sell on Pro Wrestling Team? Why? why? I, did, did I know that? Give me some more hats. You stop giving me yeah. stuff. Dennis has like 17 hats. I got one hat. I got the human podcast machine hat too. That's old. You could definitely probably get at least six bucks on eBay for that. No, I had yeah, an extra geez. one. I already sold it for 12. <laughs> no shocker there. Uh, what else we got? So like I said, I'm on Skype Jones right here. Skype City Jones. That's me. Off the hooks. Um, next week, we need an off the hook topic, Seth. We need to think here. Anthony too. We need, we need to kind of spitball this. I don't know what we're going to do. We need a topic. Maybe we've got to put a poll up. If we come up with maybe two or three good ideas. And begin, Seth. What do you got? Uh, off the hooks. Oh, yeah. You're ready. Combat <laughs> all, uh, combat sports athletes. Oh, come on. That's actually know. not bad. I don't know if I want to put them over, though. Yeah, screw combat sports. Kind of sucks. And what do you think? Oh. Uh, <laughs> we should yeah, do Chinese good. food off the hooks part two. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually would call it volume two. Let's get serious. Volume two, um, sorry, it's, actually, sorry. it's actually not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Literature off the books? Up. Did you he say what? literature? I, love, I think we might be at the scraping the bottom of the barrel, so maybe we should go kitchen appliances off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. You know, you put a freaking refrigerator against like a microwave oven. That's money. You know, I think we should do it. I'm going to put that. In, that's one option in the poll. We'll put that in the poll. If Cowboy has something, he could run in the studio or tell Ant or jump in with Ant, whatever he wants to do. What else can we do? We need one more. He said, uh, Cowboy said, Taz shirts off the hook. Taz shirts off the hook? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd rather leave the shilling to me just shilling <laughs> as opposed to making a segment about shilling. S H I L L I N G. Shilling, not chilling. Kurt. Um, Kurt, what? Kurt Schilling. Oh, the foot. Ankle bleeding city. Yes. <laughs> Ankle sock. <laughs> we could do socks off the hook. That's not a bad one. You socks? Know, tube socks. Yeah. Tube Argyle. Socks. Argyle. No show socks off the hook. That's actually not bad, bro. I don't know. What do you think? Socks off the hook's not bad. Yeah, we could do that. 
We're in flip flops. Letters season. off the hook? Like alphabet off the hook? What? I'm feel no, that's actually not bad. Ant gets the theme. Uh, Letters off the hook. Huh. But you need reasons why you like a D instead of a J. Because <laughs> those are the you grades you got. Oh wow. Uh-huh. But oh, oh, oh. we got five room shots in one segment. Um mm. I don't know. All right, so what are we putting on the list? We're gonna put Chinese food volume two. We're gonna put kitchen appliances. <laughs> and how many kitchen appliances thought- are there? Oh, there's a lot. If you, you know, I have a big kitchen. You Garbage disposal like, versus. Uh, well, it's true, but don't stooge off your answers. Oh, sorry, I mean, sorry. Um, and you got to give reasons. I think uh, so. Uh, cowboy, can you just have cowboy notes? Just put a poll up, bro. Put kitchen appliances in the poll. Four off the hooks. Put socks. S O C K S. And you know what? If you want to use a baseball team in one of your favorite socks, you can. I'll give you that. Oh, so without. Yeah. <laughs> a little hit Jones right there. <laughs> a call's from Boston. Stooge City right there. Why do you got to tease so heavily, dude? Oh, my bad. You, 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 you come in like a sledgehammer. I'm you supposed know? to be sleeping you're like, right now. You're like that girl who sings that song. Her father was Reiki Breaky Heart. Remember? Miley. Who's that song? She came in with a sledgehammer, right? That's what she wrecking said. Wrecking Ball. She's a wrecking ball. Oh, a little trivia. A- my friend wrote that song. Boom. Oh, no, no one cares. All right. Um, all right oh. So what's his name? <laughs> Her, get her on the show. Mozilla. She's Can an she artist come as on well. Can we have her on in the next segment? Maybe no. next week. Maybe next week. <laughs> oh, we're good right there. Everything's good uh, on the live uh, stream. We're good. We're rolling. Everything's fine. I don't see anybody bitching on Twitter. Oh, we should. Uh, we good? We should ever come on and do the national anthem when we do a, like a you know when we hit 500. I'm not paying a shit. I'm just no, telling you that right fine. now. She'll take the freebie. <laughs> hey, uh. Is Cowboy good? I mean, are we going to do socks off the hook, kitchen appliances off the hook for the, for the poll, uh, and have them get it out to the social media team? And what was the other one we had? We had three. Well, Chinese Let food, it volume two? Volume two, yeah. You seem excited about this stuff. I'm excited, uh, dude. And, uh, yeah, so we'll do that next week. I'll be calling That's what in. we'll do. I still have more to do. I'm just making sure that we're good here because I got a multicast. All right, and then we got, uh, well, sorry, so we've handled the off the hooks. Okay, also, there's a big spoiler in the wrestling business, you know, and I don't like to spoil things. So I'm not going to just come on out and say right now, but I do have a lot to say about this topic, and it's something to do with NXT. And I think a lot of you know what I'm talking about, but some people still, you know, Seth, you remember a long time ago here in this show, you know, we spoiled things a couple times, and it was bad. People got mad, and they had the right to get mad. So I'm always very nervous to do that, you know. You're not you're not a big spoiler guy. That's not your thing. I'm not. But this one, you know what I'm talking about or not really? I don't. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not curious, Rock. Do you? But you don't read spoilers, though, right? You're not. Uh, occasionally. Okay. If I, you know, if I, if I know I'm not going to catch something, I'll, I'll, I'll see what's going to ha- what's going on. Hey, Anthony, turn his mic on. Ant, you know what I'm talking about? The spoiler. I think, but don't I may have missed don't. something else. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, that's fine. Don't say it. Yeah. Why you gotta mess with Ant, bro? Why you gotta, see, why he's, you gotta... he's so messable. No, but why you gotta do that, man? It's not yeah, right. Man. Why, why you gotta do that to Ant, bro? It's not right. Okay, I don't know why that happened, but uh, so there goes your house cleaning, random. Um, so anyway, that's the deal. So <laughs> I um, I'm just letting you guys know I do appreciate you guys, you know, sticking with the show as long as you bid. All you guys. You know, you ride in with me. Ride with Taz. I appreciate that very much. I'm just letting you know that. That's a huge thing for me. To me. 
that you guys have my back, have the show's back, and that you walk with me through the good times and the bad times of the Taz show. Walk with Taz. I like it. I feel it. So, Who thank you. Who wants to walk with Elias? Oh, you can't help yourself. That's a pop right uh, there. That's too easy, but I love it so much. You have no idea, dude. Oh my god, the greatest shit going. So, um, anyway, all right. So, SmackDown was a few days ago. I want to talk about that just a little bit uh, before we go to break in ten minutes here. Um, some really awesome stuff happened on SmackDown, and I, to me, probably my favorite moment, which I kind of think people knew was most probably going to happen was the debut of the glorious one himself, Bobby Roode, and uh, he wrestled Aiden English in a long match. And I actually like Aiden English, and he's kind of like Elias' version with the singing on SmackDown that Elias does on Raw, because he's coming out, I am the gimmick, the shnabitz, the fighter, and, and it's <laughs> like annoying. Like, it's really, where Elias is cool singing, you know, because it's, it, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like a cooler, but he's a really bad singer, Elias. But he actually plays the guitar, the axe, as they call it, Seth, right? Axe, A-X. Yeah. Right. He actually does that pretty good. But uh, Aiden English is a little bit of a different gimmick. <laughs> you sound like it, my it, canter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. Uh, it's funny. But I, if I had to compare the two, I like... I like uh, Elias' character better than Aiden, but Aiden's a good worker. Aiden is a very good worker. Guy's ripped to the gills, too. He's, he's lean, man, but he's ripped. But anyway, they had a really good match, uh, and Bobby got a great ovation, and rightfully so, and a glorious gimmick, you know, would work there in Brooklyn. And thing is, if you notice, I think we talked about this last week, or maybe a caller said, I can't recall, but um, his entrance was definitely shortened up. Vince definitely shortened that up. He probably didn't want that super long entrance. I'm sure on pay-per-views they'll let him have, more he gets solo, they'll let him have his ultra-long entrance. But um, on SmackDown, he didn't. You know, you're pressed for time. It's tougher on Raw and SmackDown. The budgeted time has to be spread and shared amongst the talent. Uh, where pay-per-views, as I've talked about at Nauseam, you get budgeted much more time. So um, anyway, Bobby had to kind of rush his entrance a little bit, but it was cool. And he got a great ovation. And these guys work well together. And it's no shock. Like I said, Aiden English can work his ass off. Bobby, one of the best workers in the business today, so that in, in the world. So that, and it's been for the past probably over 10 years. That's how good Bobby is, in my view. Um, so I, my only critique is, and um, I don't think this match should have went as long as it went. I, uh, I did an Instagram, IG as we call it here on the show, IG, Instagram. I did an Instagram live, little surprise chatter the other day right after my surgery, and I talked about this briefly on there, so anybody heard this when I did the IG live gimmick. Um, that's at Taz Talk, T-A-Z-T-L-K, plugging the IG, trying to get to 10,000 by 5 p.m. today. Not going to happen because I'm probably a little bit over 6,000, so good luck to me. But anyway, I mentioned on there that I would like to see uh, I would have liked to see, I mean, I mean, Aiden English and Bobby's match a little shorter. I felt it was too long. Um, no disrespect to Aiden English, who I like. I just think that if you're bringing Bobby in as a big cheese, as a guy who's getting big push Jones, you know, uh, NXT champ, the whole thing, and, and all this jazz, I think, I just think that uh, he should have won the match quicker. 
and and defeated Aiden English in a in quicker fashion. Just just my you know opinion. Um, you know, again, it's not disrespect towards Aiden English at all. Um, uh, Seth, did you see this show or no? I did. And I uh, see this. You know, you you've been a huge fan of uh, Bobby Roode for a long time, and uh, it, you know, and he's always been a great wrestler, technician. You know, I think we compared him back in the day to Mister Perfect. Um, how many how many times he's been on my show? Two or three times? I can't remember. On this at least show. twice. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like it, you know sometimes little elements take a guy to a, even bigger heights, and in his the glorious you know as the wrestlers refer to as a gimmick, not me. Yeah. The glorious the music. I mean, in, in being in NXT and building up that character in NXT, it's just... I have a new word for you and anybody else who wants to not call it a wrestling gimmick because I like that you had the respect because you've been around me long enough. Yeah. And you also know Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo. Woo. So I hope Woo's doing better, and I think he is, thank God. But here's the thing. You could say wrestling, instead of his gimmick, his shtick. You know that word. Shtick, character. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Um. It's really just taken, and he's he seems to be, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like he's he's grown more. He gets more and more comfortable. You see more of the, uh, he just seems more comfortable in that character more and more. The more I see him in it, and I think he's got a little Ric Flair coming out in him a little, you know, a little bit, you know. Yeah. And I yeah, think no, it's a compliment. And uh, I think the role the role yeah. gives you that. And I I think to Bobby's credit, look, Ric Flair was not the first guy to wear. You know, loud, crazy, velvet robes with rhinestones on it. There were so many wrestlers before Rick and during Rick's time that wore crazy robes like that. You remember during the heyday, Seth, of the 80s and 90s, wrestlers were doing that all over the place, you know? The Hammer was a big one, too. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yeah, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, I think even before Ric Flair, I think uh, Buddy, Rogers. Boy, Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers was doing it. A lot of guys were doing it. The robe gimmick was very popular, and it kind of died down. So to Bobby Roode's <laughs> intellect, and creativity and being innovative, he took an element that used to be very popular that people, okay, look at Ric Flair as a guy with the robe, but Rick was definitely not the first guy to wear a robe like that and not the last guy. And But people remember Rick with that robe because it was a regal look, feel, and all that jazz. No one's doing it anymore. Everyone's a tough guy. Everyone's a shooter. Everyone's got kick pads. Everyone's wearing tight black T-shirts. They're wearing T-shirts that are a medium when they should be wearing an extra large or double X to look bigger. <laughs> And that's fine. They, you know, everyone's plugging, plugging, plugging their T-shirts on their entrance, which I get. I understand. Bobby's not. Bobby's staying in the realm, staying in his lane, and keeping that character with that robe on. Um, and it's money. It's you, money. You know what Rick did, too, is he had, like, uh, God, he must have had 15, 20 robes. I mean, he went all in. Oh, yeah. He went crazy then, with it. I've seen his robes and other guys. Um, who wore robes. I think I remember Shane Douglas years ago. He didn't always wear it. Shane, I think, had a black and gold, like, Ric Flair-esque type robe. And when you see some of his robes that the guys have made during that era, especially this, with that thick velvet satin line with all these detailed rhinestones and designs on it, these robes are five, $6,000. These robes are no joke. And they're heavy as hell. <laughs> they really are. So... You got to wrap, you got to travel with them. You can't just throw them in your bag like, like it's a freaking pair of underwear. You know what I mean? That's a, um, that's a good point, though. That's, that's a lot to carry around with you, right? The airports and everything. Yes, yeah, sir. And, dude, they're heavy. And speaking of, you know, just imagine, like, all those years with Ric Flair. He had always had the belt, the championship, and he had the big-ass belt. He had to keep that in his luggage along with those big robes because there was no seamstress 
team that was carrying your robes. Now some of the guys can, they might have, if they're pushed enough and the office allows it, the seamstress have these big black cases with all different clothing. It's kind of like a rolling, uh, not a makeup set. They, the seamstress have like a rolling uh, costumes. Yeah, costumes and like let's say they have, um, they'll have like I, I never talked about this before. Let's say they have like a uh, uh, security guard, like generic security guard uniforms or police officer uniforms. So they're gonna have a bunch of extras, wrestlers do a pull apart, and they need uniforms. They have these uniforms. They travel with this type of stuff, you know. Stuff that they would use, generic type of uniforms. Now, like The Undertaker. Now, he was over like Rover, so the company, those long black leather trench coats and all that stuff is, you know, they usually, the office, the seamstress, would carry and have a case just for Taker, you know, to hold his stuff. So he didn't wow. have to travel. But he, he, yeah, it's the truth. But he earned that. You know, I don't know if they're doing that for Bobby just yet. They might be. But Ric Flair back in his day, that's not the way it was. These guys carried their own stuff. Not so only Rick that, had, he, he, had a, he had to lay out 25 Gs for NWA title belt, you know, as insurance. Uh, that's that, I didn't think of that, but you're yeah. right. So, But he, I always think of the travel because I lived it. And I remember, like, guys would joke around whenever you'd win a championship, like, oh, shit, now I got to carry the belt. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but you were proud to be champ. But you, because especially once the metal detector thing, especially after 9-11, everything had to come out of your bag. And there's just, you know, I would just travel and take the, the my belt out of my roller, my rolling bag, before I even got to the gimmick and just hold it. And then I would just say, look, I'm putting this on. And because if they see this big metal thing in your bag when it goes through the gimmick, they're like, oh, lights and bells go off and whistles. So just take it out, put it in a separate tray. And next you know, then they all come up. Oh, if they don't know you, oh, you're a boxer. Are you, what are you doing? Are you a wrestler? Oh, that's cool. Can I take a picture? And I would say no, because I'm already <laughs> I'm already through security. <laughs> you didn't know me. Now, because I have some kind of a fake huge-ass belt, you want to take a picture of me. Don't use the no. F word. I didn't say F. You said fake. <laughs> I'm just oh. messing with you. Hey, you. do you know, uh, you just reminded me of, um, you know, they played a joke on the big show when he was in WCW when he won the title. Huh? Who did? You did that? No, Hulk. I, I believe Hulk Hogan oh, did. Hulk one Hulk. of the guys. I can't. I think it's Hulk. I can't remember. They they told him when he won the title. He's a young guy, right? Just kind of busy. I think he won the first match. He won the title. They said, "Dude, yeah. you gotta wear the belt when you go. You just gotta wear the belt in the airport and everything." So he's walking yeah, yeah. through the airport like a schmuck with the belt on. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they totally got him good. That's a nice kind rib. All right, <laughs> Rip Jones. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Right? Um. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. I'm good. A rib. They call that a little rib. I need a little water. I'm not medicated anymore. I was. Hold on. Time oh, out. I talked to you when you're medicated. That was awesome, man. He's <laughs> like, you're like, hey, Seth, man, I love you. <laughs> man, thanks a lot for everything. You know, I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Man. I, kept, I should have you know, recorded I had a dream. All right, I Martin. was uh, ha having surgery, and uh, I was all medicated, and I kept dreaming of you, Seth, getting thrown out by Biggio. You weren't safe, but <laughs> in real life, you were safe. Yeah, nice and, try, uh, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that bid you almost hate you. But yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. So that's the deal. So we got to go to break over here. Okay. Uh, segment one, down in the books. Uh, Skype City Jones is working pretty good here. Um, if we're getting any major complaints, uh, stick it up your ass. Okay. On that note, I'll be back on the other side. We're going to get ready to do some fancy draft. Top 10 uh, all time world heavyweight champions of wrestling. We will discuss that. 
you see my list, Seth's list, maybe uh, maybe Anthony jumps in. Uh, Taz Show, sit tight. Featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. Hey, we're back on the Tash Show. Let's go to Frank the Bump Music Pro. We're back here. Can you hear me, ladies and gentlemen? Can you hear me in the studio? Yes, yep. no, one. Yes. How now, Brown Cow? Let's wake up, sir. Segment one's under the books. Uh, hey, look, I'm looking on Twitter here, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, people are loving that the show's on, even though I'm Skyping, uh, live Skype video, Jones, live audio Skyping um, due to this injury and the surgery. So, I mean, the audio quality is good, I'm hearing. It's not perfect, so I apologize for that. You might have to grin and bear this till next week. We'll tighten things up. WWE Front Row, at WWE Front Row, this is a big fan of the Taz show. guy always tweets some cool stuff. He said, Taz, is it really a spoiler if it's all over WWE social media? Hashtag the Taz show, hashtag walk with Taz. That's a good one. Um, I get his point. As I mentioned, there was a spoiler without saying what the spoiler was from NXT that I want to talk about. He makes a good point. It is all over their social media. Therefore, why can't I talk about it? Maybe this next segment, I will talk about the spoiler. And before I break into it in a few minutes, I will give you guys a heads up. So if you want, if you're listening to the podcast version, you can fast forward. I don't know how far you're going, but it fast forward. I don't know what to tell you. We're going to figure something out. I can't hold your hand. I can't make everyone happy. I can't placate to the world here, people. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I try to make everyone happy. I love everyone in this world. You know that. Seth, do I not give my best Seth to make everybody happy? You're the hardest working man in uh, stream business. You said podcast, did you? I almost said it. You did. I did. You know it. why? One of the reasons why that word is abused. I'm not kidding. And, and across the business, you, you're the guy. Yep, you're the guy. Uh, the Kingsman, big fan of the Taz show, he says, on live right now in a unique way. So good to hear and see Taz doing well and back to business, hashtag to Shad. So you know it like a poet, as they're saying. You're damn right. Um, he also, Kingsman says, how about boxes off the hook? Too late, not a bad idea. Um, Seth would win that. Because uh, we have the pollers up. You guys can vote for Off the Hooks for next week. Oh, guess something's trending, ladies and gentlemen. Something is trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing everything here. And a 3 to one Taz is ah! trending. Oh, trending. Trending, trending. You're getting quick, son. You're getting quick. Woo. Yeah, buddy. Lumberjack sitting home eating a big back panicking. Oh, more. Oh, more. Oh, oh. Oh, Gonski. Oh, <laughs> uh, he'll be sitting in that empanada truck with Captain Tom on 56th Street. And I'll tell you what, Tom don't want him working in that truck. Buy a hat. He won't make any money. Man, Seth is rolling, baby. Oh, I call that Seth. appetizers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, um, Anthony, uh, video producer extraordinaire of Tash. Uh, a quick question. What do you think about Seth's performance here? Awesome. Way better than that other guy that's usually here. <laughs> I don't even remember that other guy's name. Wow. Yeah, it was like uh, Redman yeah. or something like that. Redman. Yeah, that was it. Redman or Action. 
Man Red or something. <laughs> red back. Wu Tang. Bronson Red. Wu Tang Jones. Something like that. Anyway, yeah, that's the deal. All right. Well, I just went into wind down mode for some reason in wow. segment two. That doesn't wow. exist. Drugs are wearing off. <laughs> no, they wore off a couple of days ago. Um, right, we got to get into in a few minutes here. Not right this second. We're going to get into the other gimmick. The uh, do the fancy draft deal. Okay, we're going to do that here in a second. Uh, as I said, phones are not working, so I apologize for that. Um, hopefully by next week, because there's a good chance the, sh- the bulk of next week's shows will be done this way. Uh, so, you know, if it's not the same video quality you guys usually have, because I'm not in studio with a camera on me, sorry. And audio-wise, sorry. It is what it is. Excuse Free me, lunch. Excuse me. Dennis has a car. He can just pick you up. Uh, no, I'm good. I don't need him. <laughs> that is funny. I don't know why they took that. Somebody said, well, how about CBS sends a car service for you? <laughs> oh, oh, imagine was there was a sound effects that said, will you stop? Lake Gorilla Monsoon, the lake break. What will do you think? You is a major international multimedia company or something? <laughs> what are you, crazy? Well, for the split of, hold on, no, but for the special, they sent a car. For the specials, though, uh, at WFAN, I get a call. I got a call on Sunday. That's the money yeah, over I there. I know, but I did talk about this. It's it's expensive. I do a daily show. Nobody gets a car. Nobody. None of these hosts. Not even Francesa. He's got his own car service that he pays for his own car. But you're making, you know, <laughs> mills, a lot of mills. You can do that. You know, Big Mike. You know what Big I'm saying? Mike. Big Mike. I'm going after his studio, dude. If we When we move, and if I'm still with this company, I'm going after that studio. Right. I'm telling you. Right. And, uh, I'm not kidding. And, uh, it was nice. Yeah. He, he, he promoted your uh, special, too, man. He was a very classy guy. Good guy. No, ain't no doubt about it. Uh, really good guy. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't appreciate. I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate. I do appreciate that very much that he did that in Monzo on, uh, on the Francesca show. Very cool of them. Speaking of very cool, Cody the Great, old school Taz show fan. Um, he tweeted out something very funny. When Taz got tired of leaving his belt in his carry bag when going to airport security, I just uh, let me see if we retweet this. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty a funny little gimmick with me in the airport, full gimmick Jones belt on, waiting in line at F- FCA. What's it called? FTA? FCA? What's it called again? CSA? TSA. I haven't, I haven't flown in years, and I don't miss it. And and, and uh, I left left that shit behind me. I left my heart in El Segundo. Um, and your anyway, wallet. Am I, you know that song, huh? That's Look at you. Of course. Yeah, you know that Anthony's song. Anthony's all excited because I know some hip-hop. Man. Uh, oh, yeah. Ant, you don't know. Seth knows music, bro. He, he does. He slowly surprises me every day. He's not as nerdy as I thought. <laughs> what? Oh, no, he is. Are you crazy? He, is. No, he does look very cool with his hip-hop. Uh, he's got his Kung Fu shirt and wristband for some reason. I have no idea. He was why karate chopping every door when he, he walked in this he's morning. Sean McEnroe. What is that? I wish you'd take that hand and stick it right up your own ass. It's not on camera. <laughs> oh, hello. Hey. That feels good. Right. Woo. Oh. Oh. oh clear your sinuses. Shit, I'm not in Manhattan. Uh, anyway, on that note, can't follow that. Thanks for joining the show. No, um, we'll be back never. Uh, yeah. Hey. No, uh, so sports. I want to do a little spitball with sports, and I want to get into some wrestling unless – Unless, unless, uh, let me take care of some business real quick, guys. Uh, in May, 
Lee, Price, Lee Bryce, I should say, performed at an exclusive show for veterans and their families at the Intrepid Spirit Center in Fort Belver, Virginia, hosted by Napa Auto Parts. Intrepid Spirit Centers are being built to help veterans across the country, all due to help of the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund. And Napa Auto Parts is a proud supporter of the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund and has helped to raise millions of dollars that contribute to the building these facilities to better the lives of veterans. And guess what, guys? The cool thing is you can help also, which is very cool. It's real simple. All you do is please go to Napa Online, N-A-P-A Online.com to buy your T-shirt today and receive a free download of Lee Bryce's new song, and it's called Boy, B-O-Y, Boy. All donations, folks, all donations go directly to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, and it's a great cause. It's a great way to go to help veterans and their families. So make sure you please do that. Okay, at NapaOnline.com, go buy your shirt and get a free download of Lee Bryce's great song called Boy, and all donations go to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund. So I want to take care of that business right quick right there um, because it's important and it's the right thing to do, and, you know, and I'm proud to do that. So, uh, so that's a deal on that. Before I get into some spitball and sports, the only thing I wanted to say, let's if I could just backtrack a teeny bit to the last segment. I'm not in my normal element here, so I don't have my stuff organized right, about SmackDown. Um, my only other uh, uh, critique on on something, it, it was cool to see Shelton Benjamin. I love Shelton, a uh, fan of his work, loved calling his matches with Charlie Haas and Shelton on his own. Just he's a, such a tremendous talent and such a great dude. And again, Shelton Benjamin, not to be confused with Benjamin Shelton. Okay. Um, you know that story, Seth? Were you on the, doing the show? You know that story, right? I don't. You don't? Oh, my God, dude. I got to tell the story real quick, even though I've told it. Um, before, um, yo, I'm in, uh, do, do a split screen, please. Uh, and thank you, buddy. I'm in, uh, TNA, right? And I, I, long story short, we were working in Orlando and WWE was doing a show in Orlando. I don't know if they were doing TV, we we're doing TV taping. So there was this wing place, like a bar joint. Everybody would go there at the end of the night. And the WWE guys, a lot of them showed up. Now I didn't, I wasn't there or I didn't, I didn't interact that much. I kind of was in and out. I, I was tired because I called the whole show, two shows actually, and I was going back to my hotel. But anyway, the next day in the production meeting, uh, Dixie Carter, the then president of TNA, she was like talking in, before the production meeting. There'd always be like this chatter and everybody would just talk. And um, and she's talking about, oh, it was great. Uh, a bunch of the WWE guys came to the bar last night and they were eating wings and hanging out and it's great to see you know, their talent interact with our talent. And we were like, yeah, everybody's, you know, everybody knows each other. It's a small business at the end of the day. And everybody respects each other, you know. So um, she goes, oh, I got to meet so many uh, so many of the guys I've never met. She goes, oh, what a nice guy. I met Benjamin Shelton. <laughs> right? And good Lord, I'm sitting there. I'm trying. I'm, I want to laugh, like, in her face. And I'm in this room, and I, 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 there's a bunch of us. And I'm trying not to make eye contact with Vince Russo. Because I know he will make me crack up laughing in her face, you know, like, like yeah, Benjamin Shelton. That's real. So that's, and I told the story on him before. Sounds so like a country it. singer. Yeah, Benjamin Shelton. Yeah, Ladies and well, gentlemen, husband. Benjamin Shelton. Hey, I was born yeah, to be a wrestler. I was born in Arkansas. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, her husband, Dixie's husband, the Surge, <laughs> what a name. No, Surge. He, uh... <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah. I like my espresso hey. with a little lemon twist. I'm the surge. Huh? Um, yeah, no, the um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, <laughs> he's a good dude. He was a country western guy. 
Uh, about a little, here's a little trivia on, on Dixie Carter's husband. I don't know if I've ever said this. Uh oh. He might get mad at me. I don't know. I haven't seen the guy in a long time. So whatever. Cut it from the podcast. Cut it from the. Rumor has it. I don't do a podcast. Rumor from rumor has it. Um, he was one of the Marlboro men. Remember on the horses, the cigarette commercial. Like he was. At, they had different guys that played the part. He was a Marlboro man. Wow. How is that? Something you or I will never be able to say. I never. Actually, yeah, I don't want to be a Marlboro man. Could you imagine a reenactment if we did a Marlboro Man commercial on like a big donkey or a bull and have Dennis be the Marlboro Man? No, he's the, sitting on it, but he's, he's not smoking a cigarette. He's wimpy from Popeye. Come on, he's not the Marlboro Man. Wimpy. <laughs> 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 I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. I stay hungry when I watch Wimpy give up the hamburgers. Um, so <laughs> when I was a kid. I was I wasn't chubby. But I was ripped. So here's the thing. <laughs> so Shelton Benjamin, I, I'm, I'm glad he's back, and I, but I'm not happy that they're tagging him with Gable. I just don't think they should do this. I, I just think, you know, you're, gonna, you're doing something separate with, um, get with I'm sorry, with Jason Jordan. Even though I don't think it's working. Like I've said, I think they should turn him heel and put Emma with him, and they still got a little window they could do that. I, like I that. just, yeah, it's not working right now. They got to do something. Uh, with, with Jason Jordan, and they can get the rub from Kurt, you know. I think do something. It's too late now because they're invested now with this thing with Shelton Benjamin and um, and and Gable, and the and the, having Gable kind of mock out for him on camera was awkward. I just why well, Shelton's awkward on on the camera too. I hate to say he's a great wrestler. I always enjoyed watching him work, but it was a little bit like, dude, you you gotta be ready for this this, you know. He was never known. For great promo work, I think he'd be honest about that. But it was That's awkward. It was not, it wasn't like just not good. It was just it was like awkward, like not, like maybe not prepared. Not I, no disrespect. But. Oh, oh, he he was prepared, always prepared. He's just not good at it because yeah. he's a leg, a lot of times the legitimate athletes, legit legit. Like he was legit at Minnesota. I mean, as good as Brock was, this guy was right there, just a different weight class. This guy was him and Brock were teammates uh, at Minnesota and at University of Minnesota. Listen, uh, Shelton was a stud animal. Oh, um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, Kurt Angle is a guy that was one of the rare guys from in the Steiner Brothers, obviously, guys that had awesome collegiate history and Kurt on an international level that could transcend character-wise in wrestling. Shelton Benjamin is one of those guys where it's 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 from from a performing as a character he can't in the ring. That guy can go with anybody. Shelton Benjamin, he's well, then, a freaking animal. Well, then you know, for me, why? Put him with Brock, you know. Let, let Paul let Paul handle Shelton. Let him be like uh, you know. Paul Paul ain't doing nothing. Paul, Paul, look, Paul. <laughs> I I haven't talked to Paul in quite some time, but I, I know him pretty good. <laughs> Obviously, he don't. I don't think Paul wants anybody with him besides Brock. He's he wants it to. That's his deal. I mean, it's he don't want to. No, it won't happen. I don't think it will ever. <laughs> right. Anybody. Size Brock, anybody. It's just Paul and unless I, Punk comes I, back, he would go. He would work with Punk again. Of course, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's the low hanging fruit. Let's yeah. be frank. It is. <laughs> so of course he would. But anyway, I digress. Um, the thing is, I think they got to do something. I would have done something different if I was them with this kid, you know, Gable. Okay, um, that's not even his real name. He, he for those that don't know. 
he's playing off of a, a legendary amateur wrestler and coach named Dan Gable. Okay, and that's that's his last name's not even Gable. I don't know if you could GTS this, Seth, but sure. I don't, I, don't, I looked this up once before. I don't remember the kid's real last name. It's not Gable. Um, you're familiar, Seth, with Dan Gable, the, the real Dan oh, Gable. Oh, yeah. Legend. 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 He's like, yeah. the, he's Kurt like Ang- when you think of amateur wrestling, he's like the first name that comes up. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He was a great wrestler. Uh, I think his most of his success as a coach came at Iowa, University of Iowa, Hawkeyes. Great Big Ten program. Legendary tradition. And Kurt Angle, real quick trivia, uh, Kurt learned a lot. After he graduated from Clarion and got on the international scene, Kurt did a lot of his training for the Olympics with Dan Gable. Uh, even though Kurt didn't go to Iowa, you know, but, but, um, so I don't think giving the kid the name Gable was a good move, but whatever, uh, most wrestling fans, pro wrestling fans don't know who Dan Gable is, the young fans. So they look at this kid as he's Gable. Although, um, he, his name is, uh, Charles, uh, Chaz Betts. And, uh, the interesting thing about him, and it makes more sense that he marked out, oh, sorry, he, he was a big fan for, uh. Sean yeah. Benjamin, he's from Minnesota, so that kind of makes that makes sense a little bit. Although they don't tell you that on SmackDown. Well, they, uh, he might have said something like he did say that. Uh, Seth, he meaning Gable did say. I'll, hold on, let me please, Seth, don't interrupt me. Now I'm very egotistical. He, Gable, did say, "Hey, I'm a Minnesota guy," and <clears throat> what they did was, uh, if I remember correctly, Shelton Benjamin did say. Hey, I'm a fan of your work too, but Shelton didn't really punch the line. You know, like it, it didn't come across strong enough. I think if you do that, where both guys are marking out in a respectful way for each other, I think that's cool if both guys are doing that. But it, it I don't feel like Shelton punched that. End of the day, no one's gonna remember that that backstage bit. Okay, they're gonna remember these guys once they start wrestling as a team. I think they'll work well together as a team. I think there's a big size difference. I think you can tell in the video. I mean, the uh, backstage interview is a huge size difference there. Um, well, Jordan, too, but, right, though? I mean, Jordan's a big kid, too. He is, but Shelton, he, it's hard to explain. Like, he is a big kid. Shelton came off bigger. Shelton's a veteran in this business. And it's really hard to explain this. I never really get into this. It's sometimes guys that are veterans in this business, and they used to be in front of the camera, they know how to portray a bigger size than a guy who's greener than them. And I, to me, I, it's deep. that's deep stuff I'm saying here. It's kind of hard to explain, but it's true what I'm telling you. Um, look, no matter how hard I would try, I can't look 6'6 unless they put me on a box. I mean, that's not me. But if you look at – just look. There's a picture online, like, for example, with um, <laughs> Triple H in a suit shaking hands with Bobby Roode that he, you know, and and I, I you know Triple H tweeted out or whatever, and just look at how much look at the size difference between Bobby Roode and Triple H, and they're both veterans now. Triple H is more of the veteran to him, um, and Bobby's not a little guy by any stretch. He's Bobby's about I don't know six foot six one. He's oh. ripped, but what's up? I'm looking at it right now. I see what you're talking about. Like yeah, Triple it, H it, has it, this this thickness, like this larger than life kind of look to him. Right. And if you looked at them side by side. He's actually not that much bigger than Bobby. He is bigger than Bobby, but he's not as much big that it looked. There's a certain way that, without getting into detail, that you can look bigger. And Shelton knows how to do that, where I don't think Gable does. Like, it sounds a little weird, but believe me, there's little tricks that you, you know how to, you know, without, I'm not going to get into that here. It's pulling back the curtain too much. That's not my shtick. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, 
I, I think they'll push these two guys together. I hope they do. I feel bad for the Gable guy. I feel like it's just a deal where it's almost like his partner evolved and they kept him in the same slot and just filled his partner slot. You know, uh, it, it seems easy booking in my professional opinion without being disrespectful. I would rather um, see Shelton come in as a singles heel and maybe put him with a mouthpiece, uh, not, to your point, but not Paul. Paul's not on SmackDown anyway, but put him with somebody else. Give him somebody that can talk for him and let him be a, a wrecking machine athlete in there that's a heel, mean son of a bitch. Um, and Gable, what I would do with Gable is I'd put him in the 205 division, like I was saying about Enzo and ended up doing it. You know what I mean? I, I'd put, I would put Gable in that 205, put the friggin' title on him. I'd push the shit out of him in the 205. That's what they should do with Gable. I mean, he's, he's not a you. I don't know. What's his weight, Seth? Find out his weight. I don't know what his weight he rather. He's can't, he can't be over two, two, 200 pounds. I mean, he might be 205. I don't know what he is. I mean, he's, he's I don't know what they bill him as. He, he's not a big guy. He's ripped. He's, I met him. I didn't meet him. I, I briefly bumped in, seen him at the, when I was at the SmackDown 900. Uh, he was, he, he's uh, 203 pounds. So I don't know. So boom, there you go. 205, he makes the cut, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'd put him in that. I mean, you feel that? Yeah, Seth? of course. 205 hey, needs think? a little help, I think. Yeah, he's a lot of help. I think Enzo will help it a lot. And you like the idea of uh, putting uh, Gable in the 205? Yeah, I think it would definitely add to the roster, which not that it's a bad roster, but it adds more depth to like the top end of it. More depth for your Thanks for contributing. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks, hey, it. More depth. Hey, it's um, depth. What depth. about D-E-P-T-H. Depth. Go ahead, try depth. again, Aaron. Go ahead, try depth. again. Depth. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to go in the sound effects store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about putting... Uh, I got to go to break in one minute. Come on, hurry up. Uh, him and Shelton are going to be a tag team, obviously, and I think they have a chance Who's to him? be... Who's him? Who's he? Who? Chad, Gable, and Shelton are going to be a tag team. I think they have a chance to be title holders or have a good run. What about can can a guy like that do both? Can he be a tag team guy in SmackDown and then be a 205 Live guy at the same time, or is that too much? Uh, I, I think it's too much. I don't know if, how they do with their rules with that, right? Are anybody doing that? That no. they're yeah, they're not really. I think that was part of the thing with Austin Aries. I think Austin kind of wanted to be with the heavyweights, and and rightfully so. But they had him pigeon held in that 205 uh, gimmick. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I think that'd be too much. That's a lot of. That's a lot of TV time for one guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, on that note, I'm going to go to break. Other side of break, um, I'm going to talk about this spoiler in the beginning of the break. Uh, I'm going to come back from break, I should say. And then we're going to get into the fancy draft edition. Seth and I are going to compare notes here. Top 10 all-time wrestling, wrestling champions. Other side of break. Taz show, sit tight. One hour down, one to go. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, we're back here live on the Tash Show. Some technical issues here, lack of communication by the gaming with some of the communication. 
Don't bitch about it, don't cry about it. I really don't give a rat's ass if you have a problem with it. But I can tell you this much, kids. Support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And guess what? It's simple. Allowing you fully to understand all the details and be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you and your family. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informative decision. It's convenient and it's trusted, and their partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. That's Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. And to get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Number 3030. So there you have it right there. <laughs> Appreciate you guys here on this Friday. Uh, Walking with yours truly through the, the issues of uh, just not being live in studio. Who and... wants to walk with Elias? <laughs> yes, sir, indeed. And we're going to get into the fantasy draft edition here shortly. I should get rolling, but, you know, first I got to talk about this spoiler. So oh, wait a second, man. Still trending. Taz is still trending. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, dead hand might not be so dead anymore. Nerve damage is rapidly going away as we trend. Uh, I'm wearing uh, stitches in here. I'm banged up, and I'm trending. It doesn't matter. I, I battled through, and that's how it is, Seth. It's all because of you, bro. That's why. You're back. Word. Got it. <laughs> hey, come back, and you can do the uh, Von Eric Claw when you come back. <laughs> that's more Von Roschke right there. I know, but he's the man. <laughs> I wrestled uh, Von Air. Uh, oof. Not fun. Kevin, um, right? Yeah, in yeah. Brooklyn, believe it or not. How's that? At Lady of Guadalupe Church in the basement. Barefoot Jones? Barefoot. Both of you or just him? Uh, oh, wow. I think both of us, yeah. Barefoot Max Jones. Thank <laughs> God my surgeon wasn't at Tickle Feet City, you know, when you're out on anesthesia. <laughs> look, look, I'm laughing. <laughs> Friggin' wacko. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy shit, right? <coughs> anyway, uh, that's the deal. So look, so here's the spoiler, right? So all right, I'm going to hit the spoiler in five, four, three, five, four, five. I'm going to give you a ten count. Ten, what, nine, eight. What am I doing? Five, three, two, test one, two. Spoiler's coming right now. I'm giving people a chance to uh, kind of fix it. All right, just do this. So, Tell me this. Just go la, 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 la. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you could. people could put your fingers in your ears and go ting a ling a loo <laughs> No one knows what that's from. You know what that's from? No. You can put your fingers in your ear and go tingalingaloo. Andy, Andy, turn it on. Aunt, you ever hear that? What you don't know what that is. No. What? Is... <laughs> what? <laughs> that's like a, like a kid show. That would be it. Oh, uh, I, I don't know oh. if it's from a kid show. I know it for our British fans, people from the UK. They'll know right away. That's from a great 
and, and Seth, you'll notice, Anthony's too young. Benny Hill. Oh. Benny Hill. I know that, of course. That's, and you don't name it that such. Yakety Sacks, by the way. Oh. Uh, just a fountain of information. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but, but I really am. I'm, I'm a stud. But the thing is, um, put your finger in your ear and go tingalingaloo is from Benny Hill. And uh, it was from a segment or a bit on there. I don't. I was young watching. I don't remember the details of it. But yeah, and if you get a chance later, you go on there to YouTube and you, you could do that. Not do tingalingaloo. You could find the Benny Hill thing. <laughs> Put your finger in your ear and go tingalingaloo. Can we find that, <laughs> Seth? Can you, geez, we could play that. Yeah, right? I'll look yeah. for it. Sure. Yeah, um, it's hilarious. You just give me an idea for your next venture, man. What? What? Taz show for kids. Oh, <sighs> dude, you'd be great with kids. Think so? I gotta shave my goatee, my nah, beard, not no? necessarily. Just wear like yeah, shiny colors, you know. Well, most right. kids don't have facial. I mean, Anthony had facial as a kid. We saw pictures of him in his gi, and he had a beard. Beard. He had two weeks of taekwondo training, and the kid thinks he's a black belt. And he came um, out singing, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so here we go. I'm gonna do the spoiler right now. So we got a lot to do here, and the show is over before you know it. Um, so this is the big spoiler. In five, four, three, two, one. So at the NXT taping, which I think was yesterday, Asuka, listen to this, guys. She relinquished the NXT Women's Championship. Hand it over. Done. Thanks for coming. Uh, it says, basically, they had Regal come out, and there was something along the lines of, due to negotiations with both Raw and SmackDown, Asuka is relinquishing the NXT Championship. Now, this is huge news. Sucks for them that they had to do it on a taped show. But I guess it'll help their social media, you know, hype that or whatever. Because I guess you got to look at the positive when you're not doing live live. Um, I don't know. I might have handled this a little different. I respect how they did it. I know it sounds a little confusing what I'm trying to say, but I'll make I'll make more sense here in a sec. So, okay, they did it. I feel at the NXT taping out of respect for the NXT fans, so they give them the information and they have it for Triple H for his show. I would have done it on the biggest platform you have, and that's Raw. I would have done it there where don't have Oscar at Raw. I would have William Regal at Raw. Introduce Regal in the ring or on the stage, have like Kurt Angle do it, <clears throat> and then on SmackDown do it also, or actually have Shane McMahon and or Daniel Bryan on Raw. Kurt Angle introduces Shane, and they're both there. And then I would, this is me spitball booking on the air. This is what I do, Seth. I would have had Kurt come out live, no spoilers, no nothing, and introduce Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon. This is the SmackDown general manager, whatever their titles are, commission. There's very big news, and either Raw or SmackDown is going to get the opportunity to get their claws on a, uh, I got your message, bro, uh, uh, going to get their, Flaws on an amazing talent, and to bring undefeated out, champion, right? Yeah. Undefeated champion. Thank you. And and let's bring out the commissioner, whatever he's called, William Regal of NXT. Play some music. Here comes right to the stage. Have Regal make the announcement, <clears throat> and have Regal hold the NXT Women's Championship. No Oscar there. None. Show a highlight reel of her when he talks about her, like B-roll footage, and don't have her there. So it doesn't look like she's on Raw. You know what I mean? That's what I would have done on a bigger stage. I know why they did what they did. I'm not knocking what they did, but then it's just then it's a spoiler. Everybody knows it, and it's it's public now. You know, um, 
But I guess in this day and age, you know, you got to look at social media, and it helps even more the NXT and WWE social media accounts. It gets buzz, it's trending, yada, yada. I get that. But at the end of the day, if I'm in charge of that shit, I'm not doing that. I'm doing what I just said. I'm doing it on my biggest platform, which is Raw. I'm having my all my GMs there, including Regal, introduced by Shane. Uh, actually, by Kurt, because it's Kurt Show Raw. And have Shane or Daniel there. <clears throat> and have my man come out, Regal, with the freaking NXT Women's title. No Oscar. And run a video package for those fans that aren't NXT fans that don't know Oscar. And now, where will she end up? Question Mark Jones. Will she end up on Raw? Will she end up on SmackDown? And it's a bidding war, whatever the hell goes on. And and you don't show her live in person on Raw or SmackDown. And then, you know, the next day showed a video package on SmackDown of Kurt Angle and them on the stage and all that jazz. Uh, and then do your business the next week and get Oscar. Now, I guess, I mean, you might notice Seth, I know, or maybe Anthony, one of you guys might know. I think she got injured, I believe. There were some reports uh, during her, uh, her match against Ember Moon on the NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn on Saturday. I think she did something to her shoulder, Oscar, and that might be part of the reason why they There's did this. Reports, but I don't know how... Turn them up, Anthony. Hey, you go on the mic, buddy. Yeah, All right, Anthony, what's up? There, there was reports. Like I read tweets, but I wasn't sure if it was like part of the storyline or not. Like, I didn't know yeah, if it know. was like real, like Cass's injury. Um. No. Yeah. I know. I. I know. I think she. She. I think she really messed up her shoulder. But now somebody. You might remember this. I don't know. if Seth was listening to the show last week. My show. I think a fan called in, if you remember, maybe Cowboy remembers, if he wants to chime in. A fan called in, and and him and I was talking about some booking stuff. I don't, I just, I apologize. I don't remember who it was. And had the idea of her relinquishing the championship. Um, and see, I, I don't have. No, that's not my shit. So I'm saying, I don't think I'm the one who said it. I think a fan said it. I think. Do you remember this, Ant? I do not. I apologize. Oh, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing that she broke her collarbone. That's the allegedly. Okay. I don't think they would lie about something. It's a pretty heavy injury. Yeah. Um, collarbone is in the front of your shoulder. It's not your actual shoulder. but That's a nasty injury. I mean, you know, she'll be okay, but that's going to take some time. That's why she had to give up the title, the relinquishment. So she's going to be out a while, you know. Um, here's the thing. I just can't remember who. I think it was a fan. I'm sure some people are tweeting. And whoever's listening, uh, if they're listening live, maybe they'll tell me who they were. And it's just an honesty thing here. So um, I can't I, – I just can't remember. But I, I don't think it was my idea. Uh, I think it was a fan's, I believe. doesn't matter. You heard it on the tag show at the end of the day. I, I definitely wouldn't take credit for something I didn't say. I say a lot out here, you know, so I don't remember everything. And I, I'm seeing a lot of tweets right now, live tweets about the show. Thank you. Everybody's saying so glad that you're on, you, even though you're you're not in the studio and your hand and nerve and all. Thank you for all the kind words. I appreciate that. Um, so uh, anyway, um, anyway, that's that's what I would have done with Oscar, but that's the spoiler. So, and I, I you know, to me, I wouldn't. I don't normally say the spoilers, but to WWE front row, the fan who tweeted over here, he's right. I mean, it's is it really a spoiler if WWE is you know. Uh, all over it, um, you know. We have Nando on uh, on Twitter saying she injured her collarbone, so he's confirming what you said. And I, I knew there was something. I just I knew it was something with her shoulder area. I didn't know what it was, but anyway, that's the deal. All right, so we got to get into um, we got to get into what do you call it? Fancy draft. You ready, Seth? Oh yeah. Uh, we have a fancy Dan open. No. What do you mean? No. Yes, we do. 
What do you mean oh, no? We do. All right, let me. I, 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 maybe. Mm. All right, if you can't find it, don't worry about it. It's all right. It's all, right. it's all good. Um, I, it would be nice to show. I mean, it's kind of we do a polished show here in the Taz mm. show. We don't screw around. He should have had this prepared. You're the one who suggested this fancy draft because you you're a star. Me? Yeah, you're a star. Ooh, I might have it. Oh, do it. Uh, do do I just need. Can you uh, can you stall a little longer? Yeah, uh, stick your finger in your ear and go finger lick a loop. You go like this. You go like that. No, I could. St what, what stall? I could just talk. How about I'm gonna get later on? How you find this? Don't be entertained by me. So do your job. I'm stalling. You ask me to stall. Yeah. Later on, I'm gonna plug for later. I'm gonna try. <laughs> That's definitely not it. So <laughs> that was not the open. But later on, now this is unfiltered. Later on, I'm going to get into some of the spitball with sports if I have time. Because that fight in the Yankee game, the number one fight, number two fight, number three fight. Three Ugh. fights. Seth's a big Yankee fan. Now he's distracted. And uh, I'm going to get into that in a little while. Uh, my man, uh, Conforto on the Mets, blew his shoulder out swinging at a ball. I mean, I know some people think this is crazy. But I, I, look, these guys, I'm surprised this doesn't happen more. I mean, you see pitchers do this when they throw a ball over throw or whatever. They're throwing so hard, and they blow their shoulder out in the middle of a pitch sometimes. These guys are taking some pretty hard cuts at balls, at baseballs. Now, you know, from what I would say, you don't swing as hard as you can. Usually at a ball, you want a smooth, fluid swing, but they swing hard. And, you know, if he had shoulder issues, and maybe this thing came, came unhinged. And some of these sports reporters on TV are like, like, how does that happen? How does someone hurt their shoulder while they're swinging a the bat? Well, that's it. If someone, you hear someone on TV or the radio say that, then this is someone who never played a sport in their effing life. That can happen. It's a it's a strong force that you're coming through with your wrist, your elbows, and your shoulders. What does the wrist, the elbow, and the shoulder have in common? They are all joints. And your joints are just that. They're joints. They run bone to bone. And with cartilage in the middle of it, okay? Medical Jones out here. So your shoulder, a heavy-duty joint, and baseball players do so much throwing of balls, and swinging bats and BP training. They don't just swing bats and you see them in the game. These guys swing bats constantly. Guy like Conforto, since he's a little kid, he's been swinging a bat hundreds and hundreds of times a week. A week. So he probably weakened his joint and, and he blew it out in the middle of, of missing a ball. Uh, as a, you know, I, I wasn't like that perplexed. Hey, you saw this, right? Oh, yeah. Up. I was devastated because it's just like, I know the season's over, but he's been the one bright spot. I, and I it's know, like, of course. Everyone now on the team's so, been hurt at least once. Dude, let me tell you, Ant, the, the most, and Seth, you'll like this, what I'm about to say, the most lucrative job, in my opinion, in pro sports is the trainer of the New York Mets. Um, <laughs> and it, it's been it, the same I'm guy really, for like 15 years, and we constantly are just having injury-riddled seasons. It, <laughs> Ray Ramirez. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah you know what, I think, the, I think uh, a lot of problems with baseball right now is uh, the guys are hitting the weights too much, and that just doesn't really, you know, it has to be really, you have to be really smart okay. about it. Could be. Oh, could be. Um, could be. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that that much. Just not the but right way. Again, I'm not saying no weights, but just you got to do it a certain way. You hey, know? listen. Who am I to argue with you? Right. When you, you stole on, you, you, you're cutting promos on Larry Boa, and you're stealing on freaking Craig Bidjo. Who am I to talk to you, bro? I'm really, I can't I mean, argue with you. I, you know, I would have been playing baseball, but this is way better. How about the open for fancy drip? Three, I, two, one. Maybe. This might work. <laughs> Fantasy Draft Edition. <laughs> I got lucky with that one. Now the sun. 
nailed it. Good man, bro. Tell you the best. And now Dennis like, I'm the best. What do you mean? Come, 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 come. Guys sleeping with a forty ounce empty next to him and, and cheese cheese crumbs all over him. That's what he's doing. <laughs> all right, anyway, here we go. Hey, Fancy draft. Can I ask, can I ask you a question about this draft before we start? Yes, sir. Because you know our first draft we ever did was all time wrestlers, top ten all time wrestlers. To me, this is a very different list in my brain. You know, and I don't know how you felt about. it. I feel like. To me, this list is, is about uh, guys who were defined by having a championship. You know, some guys were, you know, you, like you had Buzz Sawyer on your original <clears throat> top ten list. He was never a world champion. He was just Buzz Sawyer, and he was great. Right. But this is a list well, hold of – Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Just so people are – that wasn't a list of world champions. Though. Correct. Top ten wrestlers right. of all time, period. Our top ten, right? Hold up. That's what that, that's what that was. Right. This is top ten all-time champions. And Correct. I agree. It's guys – well, I quasi-agree. I have one wrestler on here, one star, that maybe isn't, like when you think of it, you don't think of world champion. You might, but the rest of my guys are. I, I don't know if I agree with that. don't have to be. I, no, that's just I mean, how I, I looked at it. I, 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 I think you're kind of right. Um, I'm not putting a qualifier on one of my guys. You might even have the same guy. Uh, but I believe he was a one-time champion, the guy I'm about to name, and he, in a little while he's in my sixth hole. I won't say who he is. This is top ten, and just so you people, you people that are new to this, you understand how this goes, this is not a list that Seth and I share with each other. So I have no idea what he has. He has no idea what he has. Google, not allowed. GTS, nuh-uh. This is straight up. Who else is playing? Is Anthony playing? Yep. Does, he is playing. Okay, and what about Cowboy? Can he put a list together? Did he put a list together or not? Cowboy, you got a list? Top 10 all-time world champs. No, he worked overnight. He's still sl he's sleeping. Okay, yeah. cue no one cares, and go. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's great. Tell Sam Roberts I said hello. All right, so uh, all right, here we go. So who's going to go first? I get, uh, you going to play? Yeah, boss. All right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm all right, here we go. I'll go, for, <laughs> I'll go first because I'm the man. Let's be honest. All right? All right. I humbly all say right. All right, so here we go. Uh, my number 10, so we're going to go. Uh, I have an idea. Should we do the honorable mention guys first or do them at the end? No, that's at the end. No. All right. Usually we have Mike tonight here. No Mike, just Seth and I here. Okay. My number 10 is none other than the franchise Shane Douglas. Uh, he was a four-time ECW world champ, a one-time NWA champ. I've had the opportunity to wrestle Shane and share a locker room with Shane many times um, and wrestled him uh for the ECW title several times and just have battled with him, promo work with him, mic work, you know, the whole deal. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Shane. Shane has a podcast now. You guys should listen to his podcast. I didn't um, even know that. I have, guys, I have not listened to it. I know he has a new podcast he's been pushing. I think it's either called The Franchise or Triple Threat Podcast. Podcast playing off the name of when he had that, uh, that great faction of himself and the late greats of Bam Bam Bigelow and Chris Candido. And Francia, uh, Francia, Francine was his valet, meaning Shane. Shane was, um, I feel he belongs on this list, not just because I have the utmost respect for him, and I wrestled him a bunch of times, as I said, and he's an ECW original and alumni. But Shane is a guy who, during that time, was our champion. He was known as the champ. He was the franchise for a reason. He, he I'm not going to, I don't want to say he carried ECW, but he was, I look at him as he was the champion. You know, for a long time, 
He's a guy who the belt, he helped make the belt, and then the belt galvanized him. So him and the belt belonged together, you know, the world title. It, it really did. You know, and, and I, I thought he was just a great heel champ on the mic. Uh, he talked you into the building. Um, he helped me get over immensely as a baby face, a kick-ass baby face. I mean, he really did. Um, Shane, I just believe he belongs on this list. And, and so that's my number 10 is Shane Douglas, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, who's your number 10? Um, just real um, quick, I had Shane on my honorable mention. And, you know, I thought ECW should be re- represented because, you know, in thinking about you, I think you you kind of were just ta- – you were Taz. You were the human suplex machine, and you were just you. To me, like when you think ECW champion, like Shane was the guy. I'm glad you said that because that's that's what yeah. I thought about him too. You I know? admit it. Yeah. yeah, I was a two-time champ. He was a four-time champ. The thing with Shane, and that don't matter. The times you're champ, right? You know, it, it sometimes it matters how long you're champ. Like if you look back in the day, some of those old-time champions, they were champ one or two times. Like Bruno Sammartino uh, is not on my list, but I will stooge it off. He's on my honorable mention list. Bruno was a two-time WWF champ. Only two times. And in my youth, as I was coming up, I remember Bruno. I was a huge mark for Bruno. Bruno was champ, you know, but he was only champ two times, you know, so because they held the belts longer. Yeah. Then, you know, these guys held. Yes, that's the thing. Even back in ECW, Shane held the belts long. You know what I mean? Look at Rob Van Dam from a TV champ perspective. Rob held that title forever in ECW and got it over huge. Yeah. You know, so anyway, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Antonio Noki. Um, wow, nice. Because, nice. you know, as far as, you know, he was the king of Japanese wrestling. He was he was always involved, either champ or involved in the title picture. To <laughs> me, he's, he's a guy who's synonymous with world champion. I mean, maybe he's not as well known. He's more known for laying on his back against Muhammad Ali in the United States. But Ooh, the kicks. Yeah. Kicks. Well, because nobody yeah. wanted to get hurt. You know, that was just a that was a work, as you say. Big not work. Me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think like when you think of. Uh, world champions in wrestling, he, he's easy to overlook because he's not in this country, but he's definitely like a world champion wrestler. Well, he's older. He's older, too. Some younger fans that are watching the Taz show here or listening to the Taz show, my show here, for those that don't know, you've heard of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, Mr. Anoki, Antonio Anoki, you know, he was the Vince McMahon of, of New Japan. He owned it. He ran it. He was the man. When I worked for New Japan years ago, you know, Antonio Anoki was the man. Um, you know, he without there'd be no New Japan Pro Wrestling without Antonio Noki. He was the guy. You know, he was the the man who started. Uh, you know, it was him. All right, so that's your number ten. And what about you, uh, Ant? Just before I say this, I want to preface this that I'm only 25, so my <laughs> knowledge of wrestling oh. is not as grand right. as yours. But I have no Booker problem. T at ten. I, I basically cool. put guys that I was huge fans of when they had their title reigns. So Booker T at ten. Hey, Booker T definitely belongs on a list. I don't have him on mine. Uh, he's definitely a guy I would throw my honorable mention. He was a five-time champ, right? I mean, that was his gimmick, five-time, five-time, right? He always plugged that, you know? And but, but and I've wrestled Booker, too. I mean, Booker's great, great talent. Um, but good dude, man. Booker's a good dude, no doubt, man. Uh, I, I think that's a good call, man. Good job. <laughs> All right, now my number nine. Actually, I'm going to break. How about that? Uh, when we come back from break, I will give you my nine, and so Seth will give you his nine, and Anthony will give you his nine. And, and we'll be on Facebook Live. Actually, we will. I'm getting confirmation, <laughs> which I didn't. I'm lying. Uh, we'll be on Facebook Live, I hope, on the other side of break. Taz Show, there's no music for some reason. It's okay. There's the music. Taz Show, maybe Delay Jones, Skype City Jones here. Be right back with segment four, live on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Taz Show. Fantasy Draft is just kicking off. All of our number nines are coming up. We'll be right back. 
welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. We are back. We are back live right now. Friday edition of the cast. So we're in the middle of doing a fancy draft. I'm later on. I want to get your thoughts because I want to give mine on tomorrow's big fight with Mayweather and McGregor, which you know Paul is so well. I want to talk about that later. Remind me if the fans draft will do that. But right now, I want to tell you people: support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage. My quickest. They understand that the home plays a big role in your life and your family. It's vital. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And guess what, as you know, it is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you and your family. Whether you're looking to buy your first house or, or your 10th, it doesn't matter. With Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informative decision, which is so important. It's convenient, and our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button, guys. No crazy paperwork and annoying stuff like that. So here's the deal. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Number 3030. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. So, um... As I said, we're in the middle of doing the fancy draft edition. We already gave uh, our, our 10. I did, Seth did, and Anthony did. I'm live on Skype if you're just listening live right now. And the, the team is in Manhattan at the uh, studio in Midtown Manhattan. And uh, and that's the deal on that. So, and the we Facebook are doing Live, sir. My bad. My bad. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thank you. Facebook Live. We're live on Facebook right now. Facebook.com slash TAZ slash Taz. So thank you for everybody on Facebook Live. I'll try to communicate with you guys here shortly on Facebook. We're in the middle of doing our fancy draft right here. And for those Facebook Live people, there it is, the big uh, hand issue. Cut down the middle here, big nerve damage up the arm, into the neck. So uh, I should have this thing on here, and the stitches come out in about a week and a half, almost two weeks. i got to keep this thing going, keep that covered so it don't get infected. I have movement, um, which is good. And we'll see over the next few months how much strength I have. That's the main issue, the power. still have numbness here and up my arm, like I've always had for a long time. That should go away, hopefully, over time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but we shall see. So enough of that crap. Let's get into the meat of this. So my number 10, as I said, we only did number 10. So uh, top 10 all-time world champions, males. I did Shane Douglas, four-time ECW champ, one-time NWA champ. Uh, Seth, you did Antonio Noki. Correct. Yes. Correct. And Anthony is was Booker T. And Ant, explain for people that just joined the show why, uh, because of your age, explain that, sir. Yeah, so I am only 25, so my knowledge is minuscule compared to these two. So I just want to put that out there, because I know when I get into my list, people are going to be like, are you serious, dude? So I just yeah. put that out there. Well, like, well, part of the problem is you made a big mistake there. You should never put Seth on my level. Actually, you should never put anyone on my level. You should know that by now. That's, uh, that's a big my, problem. My bad. That, that's a massive problem. No, no, no. <laughs> no. 
Stick your finger in your ear and go finger linger loo. Or you can say for Ant, tell me you did not just say that. <laughs> five times. Five times. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, my number nine is uh, Bret the Hitman Hart, five-time uh, WWF champion. Um, I don't know. Was he ever a WCW champion? He probably was. Did he have that when he went to Nitro? I don't remember that. He did. Please. Okay. Well, Bret Hart, um, I think it's pretty, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty safe to say he's one of the, one of the greatest workers, uh, wrestlers of all time. Uh, the pink and black attack was just uh, uh, definitely a machine in there. And I never had the opportunity to wrestle Bret. Uh, always respected him. Met him once or twice. Actually, the one time I remember meeting him, I told the story a long time ago here, was at one of Terry Funk's, speaking of great champions, one of Terry Funk's retirement, uh, you know, uh, uh, anniversary matches, whatever you call it. What's with this hat? And uh, that was in Amarillo, Texas, at the Double Cross Ranch. And I met, uh, uh, Brett was on the card, I was on the card, and, and, uh, we were talking about being champions. I wasn't a champ every year at that point, a world champ. And Brett basically said to me, what is with this hat? Here we go. Brett said to me, no, I don't, I don't like when it's freaking me out. I'm good now. I'm sorry, I mean, I with my hats. Brett said to me, uh, we were talking about being champions. And he actually gave me some sound advice uh, back in the day, which I don't want to say here, but, but he did give me some good advice about being a champion. If I ever, he said, you're going to be a world champ one day. And, and, and here's the deal. Bah, bah, bah. And I don't want to get into details, but he gave me that advice. I listened to his advice, and he was right. So he probably doesn't remember that conversation, but I do. Hey, do you um, know Taz, by the way? <laughs> it meant something to me. So I got Bret Hart at number nine. It's, it, the guy was just – he was a champion uh, for WWF at a very toxic time many times where it was, it was such a dog-eat-dog world locker room back then. It might have been more competitive then than when I was there in the Attitude Era, which was a competitive friggin' locker room. And no disrespect to the young guys and girls today, I, I got to tell you, I think the locker room during the Attitude Era was more competitive. Um, from what I hear from some people that I know that work there now at WWE, I also think that the that little bit before the, the you know, while I was in ECW and WWF and WCW were battling, uh, Lord knows that locker room was ultra competitive, and Bret Hart was at the top of that. So if you could be a champion and not be six five at that time. And stay a champ and be recognized as a champ. But the TV time Brett had, uh, the way he cut his promos and the way he worked, I don't think Brett goes down in history as a great promo guy, as a champion. But what I loved about his promo work was his passion, his realism. It didn't feel contrived and written. It seemed real from his heart. And 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 that little bit of Canadian accent he had was cool. I liked his promo work personally. And was a big mark for his in-ring work. He's just a great talent. A guy I wish I would have had the chance to wrestle one day when I was in my prime. Never happened, but and never will. But uh, anyway, Bret Hart's my guy at number nine. What do you got, Seth? Uh, he is one of my favorite of all time, Bret Hart. Uh, uh, number nine, I have uh, Nick Bockwinkle. And, nice. Uh, my list is a little more old school because, like you talked about, the guys used to hold the title a lot longer. And yeah. now there's a lot, multiple titles, and they're always changing hands all the time. So, you, you know – Guys don't really get to establish themselves. Very few get to establish themselves as a world champion, always being in that world title picture. Like even True. like you know, AJ Styles, great wrestler, one of the best, yeah. great champion. But and he was holding SmackDown. Uh, he's holding WWE title for a while, and then uh, now he's US champ. He's not in the type title picture anymore. I'm sure he will be again, but now he's not. So it's just it's, well. Go ahead. Well, here's the thing. Like um, like I was saying earlier, the point I made, and you just galvanized the point. You know, 
in this day and age, meaning the past, I don't know, shoot, maybe seven, eight, nine years up until today, most of the time, world champions do not hold the title. Like what you're seeing going on with Asuka, well, as I said, I spoiled it earlier and I gave notice for those on Facebook. So, sorry. Uh, and it's all over WWE social media, you know. So, usually, it's people don't hold titles as long as someone like Asuka did. And even back in the day, they held them longer. And it's because of TV ratings and the pressure of getting talent to a higher level and getting them over and pushing them to make money with them and for them to make money. So that's the thing, man. Back in the day, everything was more patient. You know, no, there wasn't the gun to the head as much as today, especially during the Nick Bockwinkle uh, era in AWA and all that jazz. And Nick Bockwinkle was that regal champ. I, I, I almost had Nick Bockwinkle on my um, list. He's not. I would definitely have him as an honorable mention for me. Along with a guy like Terry Funk and definitely Bruno San Martino. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I, I gotta frankly, I gotta frankly say that I really think it's it, during the maybe it's self-serving for me during the, the late the mid '90s, mid to late '90s into the early into the Attitude Era. I think it was a harder time to be a champion, and even today, than it was years ago because of the pressures uh, of the ratings and there's so much content online and social media and overexposure, right? I mean, these guys, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what they didn't they get. Were... Like you talked about Bruno all the time, oh. how Bruno, we used to die to see him on TV, even if he just interviewed. Yeah. yeah. You, never, you never saw him. I, We're I, doing I, it with Brock right. now, right? Like Brock, you know, now it's like you, you Brock's an attraction. Right. And... That's right. And it's hard. They're trying and people are bitching about it, but that's why. It, it works with Brock's deal, his contract, he's earned it, and it keeps him special. You know, it, 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 they're not doing That's why every time Brock comes out, the place goes nuts because they don't see him sometimes for three, four, five weeks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, and other guys are not getting that, that type of feel and girls, you know. And, uh, sometimes I forget who's the champ at the women's division. It, it, it moves around so much, you I know. I agree. And, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Bonkwinkle, for some of the younger fans wouldn't know, that's Hulk Hogan was chasing Nick Bockwinkle around for years and never, never quite, you know, he could never get over the hump and win the title. And that's right. We're before, talking about robes. Another guy with like the Bobby Rube, Ric Flair robe. Another guy, right? Yeah. Bock, some wear that. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, and he was with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it was great because Nick can talk too. So the, between the two of them, Bobby was the instigator and Nick was the inte intellectual, you know, yeah. really, uh, you know, sophisticated guy. Nick Bockwinkle never raised his voice in a promo. It was amazing. He wouldn't yell at you. He, his grammar was perfect. Uh, he wasn't screaming into the camera, cursing, beat me if you can't survive, survive for let you. He wasn't doing stuff like that. He wasn't. My he hands was, are my weapons. He wasn't doing that. <laughs> he was classy. He was, uh, man, he was a great heel, dude. He was a great, great champ. He was. I like your pick a lot. I really do. Uh, hey, what do you got there, Big Ant, for number nine? I have Randy Orton. Especially, like, okay. when, I, when I was growing up, like, evolution was so big for, like, the core of my childhood that, he was my favorite one out of all of them, and when he became champ, it was pretty awesome. And he's, I mean, he's had it multiple times since then. No one's going to throw a flag on Randy Orton as a champ. I mean, he's, he's definitely been a great champ, and uh, anytime they want to put the belt on him, was just saw before the Jinder Mahal stuff, uh, they can do that. He's a, he's a plug-and-play champion. He's loaded with credibility, Randy. He's a great talent. Um, there's no doubt about it. His dad was one of the greatest ever, and... Um, uh, but Randy, I knew very well when he first came up and, and he was in the car with me and Kurt and Brock. We all drove together. I told these stories and had a lot of good time when, when Brock and Randy were coming up 
in WWE at that time, you know, so I, I got to see him grow and, uh, and I always like Randy a lot and I have a lot of respect for Randy. So, um, uh, I, I like your pick. All right. So number eight, uh, I am going to go what the macho man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dig it. You dig it. Uh, Randy Savage, four-time WCW champ. You don't think of him as a WCW champ, but he's a four-time, I believe, and a two-time WWF champ. And again, notice that, two-time. See, and I said that earlier about Bruno Sammartino, where Bruno was a two-time WWF champion. So during the mid to late 80s, whenever Randy was WWF champ those two times, Savage, Randy, it was when – you see two-time champ, that's because they kept the title on these guys uh, longer, like I was saying, not to be redundant. But Randy Savage, I think it's, look, well-documented how good this man was in the ring. He was great in the ring. And no matter who he worked with, it was amazing. And the, obviously the epic matches with, with Ricky Steamboat, you know, another tremendous talent champ and all that. But um, Randy Savage, his promo work, the work he did with Elizabeth, uh, they were just, uh, they made each other great. And she softened him up a little bit in a good way because Randy was just a hard-ass heel or babyface, whatever he was. Just uh, just hard-as-nails type guy. Wasn't a huge guy either, but so freaking athletic and uh, uh, so quick in the ring and tough as piss, man. Uh, it was a huge mark for Randy Savage's mic work and ring work. So he's my number eight. Um, that's it. What do you got number eight? Yeah, and he, he helped carry the company when Hogan was out and uh... – He's one of the few guys I'd say that would be successful in any, any era of wrestling. He, could, he would be successful today, too. He'd fit right in. I agree. No flag on that. Totally agree with you. Uh, my number eight, and again, I said before, to me, these are guys that the majority of their careers or their primes was all around the world title. And uh, I have Kurt Angle at number eight because he was, even from day one, I mean, he was always around the title picture, whether in WWE, TNA, he's always around that title, holding the title or being in the, in the, in the conversation. So Kurt Angle's on my list, my friend. You, you, you ain't no doubt about that. Good pick right there. That's your number eight. Hey, yeah, what do you got at number eight? This one I might get a flag thrown, but I have Rey Mysterio at eight. That was probably my biggest pop as like a child was when he won because he was such an underdog. I kind of wish they would do that now with when like Austin Aries was still here, you know, mix it up with the main roster instead of just having the cruiserweights separate. Right. Uh, yeah, I, you know, and I respect Ray. I, I don't know if I'd put him on an all-time list, but you are younger. I understand, and you explained that uh, as eloquently as you could, possibly. Uh, <laughs> I mean that in a nice way. Uh, yeah, you kind of explained that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, listen, man. I, I, look, I, mean, I, look I, I have nothing but respect for, for Ray. I've worked with Ray. I think he's amazing. And, uh, yeah, hey, that's cool. I mean, that's fine. I, uh, no flag thrown. I respect Ray and uh, as a former champion, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so what are we up to, seven here? Yep. You want to do a uh, – I'm trying to get on Facebook, and it's just taking me a while for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, cowboy, cowboy, uh, check Facebook. Cowboy, cowboy. No, 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 it doesn't mean that he's – it might be on my end, even though I have the super-duper Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> no, no, I have legit Wi-Fi. Don't, don't mess with me, dude. Yeah, dial-up um, is awesome. No bullshit. Dial-up my ass. Um, I got all sorts of shit going on. I got tractors out front of my uh, place here. I got security guards, gargoyles. All right, so my number, uh, my number seven, my number seven, and we're up number seven. I'm going with HPK, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. 
I think it was like a three or four time uh, world champion WWF and stuff like that, WWE, whatever it was then. But um, I'm going uh, HBK. Look, another guy, uh, obviously the heat and uh, rivalry with him and Bret Hart was amazing. Uh, another guy was not a gigantic guy, ultra athletic, a, 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 I guess if you're a hardcore WWF or WWE fan, you would have him in your Mount Rushmore, I would assume. Uh, HPK, tremendously athletic, segued greatly out of a tag team called the Midnight Rockers with him and Marty Jannetty and became a great success as an individual singles wrestler. And um, I think you got to look again, during that era, you know, uh, it was a tough era of wrestling, a very highly competitive era. And I was in the middle of it on my end with ECW. So I feel I'm well versed to speak on it. Um, you know, I, I put I put HPK Shawn Michaels right there at number seven. What do you got, Seth? Yeah, and him and Brett, one of the best rivalries in history of wrestling. Just great. Oh, no doubt. Ain't no doubt. We're on. We're good on Facebook now. I see it now. Yep. Okay, thanks. I got number uh, seven. What do you got? I got yeah. John Cena. And, and you know, he's, he's yeah. on, you know, just a spoiler alert, he's the most recent guy wrestler on my list because he's one of the few wrestlers in the last 10, 15 years that has always been in the title picture. Like, you know. Yeah. And if he's not, he's going to be back in it soon. So, it, you know, even even still, he just had the title not that long ago. So, it's he's, he's synonymous with being a world champion. And, you know, someone argue well, you can put him, put him up even yeah. higher on this list. Well, you know, Seth, you've done enough of these fancy drafts with me. And uh, the fans that uh, have been checking out the Taz show for over 400 and something episodes know how the fancy dress sometimes As we get closer to number one on all fancy dress. A lot of times we have a lot of the similar or same wrestlers on the, on the list. So I have Cena also on my list and I will get them shortly. Cena's number seven for you. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're doing them justice there. In Wait my opinion, hear my names, bro. Okay. All right. Well, I hear you. I hear you. All of a sudden I'm bro now. I'm your bro. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Got boss. It, bro. Mr. Got it, bro. Hi, yeah. I'm Peter. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, all right, Hoss. I hear you. That's <laughs> actually right, Lou Sass. My name is Lou Sass, my real name. Why don't you share that with the audience? So, uh, all right, what do you got, uh, Ant? Who do you got as your, uh, in your number? Uh, seven. Well, bro. Number seven. No, I have no, Jin- bro. I have Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Actually, I'm kidding. That that was a bad joke. I have yeah. Goldberg at number bad. seven. Goldberg. Yes. Goldberg. Growing okay. up, obviously, he had the streak. So, like, and that was right when I got into wrestling and I was, like, allowed. I didn't have to sneak around to watch it. But, yeah, I, I had to throw him in there, especially because, like, when I was growing up, that was my guy. I'm okay. just a loser. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Seth>. He's <laughs> not funny. Bro, 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 bro. Stick your finger. Anyway. Uh, so we're going number six here. This is the gentleman that I spoke of earlier that – when you said this list would be, in your opinion, a list of wrestlers that we look at as people that, when you think of world champion, you think of these names. And I would think it's fair to say that for most of these guys. And I mentioned someone who was at one time a WWE champion, and that's the late, great Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat. I have him at number six. Um, Eddie broke down a lot of walls, man, when he became champion. Uh, with his, uh, you know, as a Mexican, as a you know, Hispanic competitor, um, and during that time and, and getting to the level he got and his in-ring work. And I had the fortune uh, and the great opportunity to call a good chunk of Eddie's success in WWE as a color commentator. was a huge fan of him as a person. I miss him. Uh, I've wrestled Eddie. I've trained with Eddie. Um, I broke bread with Eddie, you know, um, traveled with him. Just, just miss him. Just was, he had, you know, had demons and, 
a lot of folks do. And but you know what? He was a, just a good man and and a hard worker. And Jesus, when you wrestle him, you work your ass off. <laughs> and when you tag with him, you gotta up your game. And and I sit here as I do the show with this thing on my hand, with this giant slice in my hand because of this nerve damage in my neck. And my tag team partner, when the, the crux of this injury to my neck in 1995 happened, my tag team partner was Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie got that, finished that match for me, for our team, because I couldn't, because I was laying on the apron and I couldn't move. And um, we were wrestling two coach Scorpio and Dean Malenko in ECW um, in Fort Lauderdale. And Eddie was the guy who, from the apron, made sure he got in that ring. He knew I was hurt. He was very concerned for me, worried about me, um, you know, and we became great friends after that. And um, I miss him. And I look at Eddie as a guy who, one of the greatest workers of all time, his family, one of the greatest traditions of pro wrestling, the Guerrero, the great Guerrero family. Um, I wish you people would have got to know Eddie like a lot of us did, you know, and he was, I don't have him on his list because of his untimely passing, but I have him on his list because he deserves me on his list because he became champion at a very, there were a lot of people in the company that didn't want him to be champion. Um, I think Bruce Pritchett talked about that recently on, uh, I was talking to Bruce privately on Bruce's podcast, uh, privately I was talking to Bruce and, uh, and I think he talked about that too. When Eddie became champ, there was a lot of pushback in the room. I wasn't in the room. I heard about this stuff while I was working as a commentator. And someone asked my opinion. It wasn't Vince. Uh, it was one of the writers. What I thought of Eddie, if, if they put the title on, I'm like, kidding me? It's a layup. Of course. He's freaking Eddie Guerrero. The guy's over like, forget it. And he's great. He can talk. He can work. He's bilingual. He's... Uh, he looks great. He's athletic as effing hell. He's it's a stud. Yes, put it on him. You know, I'm not saying they did that because I said it, but some people didn't think he should have had it. And I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but I'm glad Vince at the end of the day made the decision to put the title on him. I miss Eddie. He's great. I think you'd hear it in my voice. He's my number six, Eddie Guerrero, and a great Latino heat. What do you got? Yeah, that was great, man. It's hard to follow that. Um my number six is a guy I, I obviously never saw wrestle, but you know, being a, a guy who looked into the history of wrestling for a long time, uh, Luthez, number mm. six, is a six-time world champion. He won his first at 21. He 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 held it on until he was 40. Uh, his last reign at 49, losing to Gene Kaninsky, who then went on to yep. lose to Dory Funk Jr. This guy wrestled at 74 years old <coughs> in Japan against Chono. I mean really just a stud i know he's a shooter i mean you know the guy he was a wrestler's wrestler back in the day and he was oh, always around the oh. title i had the opportunity to meet luthez once um at the cauliflower alley club when uh johnny rods uh, was inducted and i was one of the pupils i had the opportunity to be invited years ago That's and cool. luthez was there yeah and i got an opportunity to meet luthez and shake his hand it was a great uh, great moment for me um, you know, it's funny. You said that at his age. What You said 49. He did what at 49? He lost his last reign at 49 to Gene Kaniski. However you say Gene's name. Yeah, Kaniski. Kaniski. Yeah. I'm 40. I'm 49. Now, see, <laughs> I, I'm 49 right now. And I, I've been retired, retired for years. I couldn't fathom 
that right there. But that just goes to show you the evolution in a negative way, unfortunately, of the business. Because back then, those guys could work until they were in their early 50s. And it happened a lot. And it was not, it was not a talking point. It just happened. Because today, and we're in fifth quarter, by the way, so we're over to 9 a.m., just so you guys know here. So today and the modern day, let's say the modern day of pro wrestling, I don't know, it's the last 15, 20 years, for argument's sake, 20 years, whatever, 25 years, I don't know. Uh, it's a faster, fanatical, athletic pace. It's The fans are much more educated to what we do in the ring and have evolved over the years just like the wrestlers have. So wrestlers have to wrestle more physical, harder, faster, dangerous spots, and that means that your longevity, uh, when you work that aggressive, shrinks. Just gets shorter and shorter and shorter. But those guys back in the day, their careers expanded because they worked a, it's not a knock on them, they worked a slower pace and exchanged holes and told the story because the audience wasn't as educated to what the business was back then. Uh, they weren't smartened up, as we say. And it's not a knock on anyone. It's just a fact of the way things evolve. It's the same in football, in pro football, college football. The game is much faster. That's why it is all this concussion awareness for years now in modern-day football because the athletes are better athletes than years ago. They're, they're faster than years ago. You got um, today, uh, back in the day, you had great linebackers that would run a 495040. Today you got linebackers that run the speed of a wide receiver or a running back that run a, a four four forty or four five. You know, it's a and that that's that you know it's a difference. It's just evolution of training and time and fans wanting more in wrestling and faster and more physical because they're smarter and they want intensity. I don't think whatever I I I, I think it'll it'll peter off at one point, but that's why guys like a Luthez, a great Luthez, can wrestle as long as he did, but. Sorry, I'm long-winded on that. Uh, what number are we up to? I'm just babbling here. What are we? Six, right? Six. Six. Yeah, for Ant. What's up, Ant? I have Rob Van Dam, and it's funny because when you told me we were doing this today, I went back and watched that one night stand when he won the WWE title, which obviously yeah. then turned into the ECW title, and it was like one of my favorite moments. It was very nostalgic. Yeah. Well, I look, Rob. I've had the opportunity to know Rob, and he's been on the show here in studio, as you guys know, and I've wrestled Rob a whole bunch. And even early years, I've had ups and downs with Rob, but that was just us being competitive in the locker room. But, you know, we, I consider us still friends today, and we talk every once in a while. And I'll have Rob on the show again. I'm still pissed I didn't have him on episode 420, but that was my fault. Um, I was just coming back from vacation, I believe, and I just had a lot going on. And Rob's in California. So I, you guys know, I talk about that. I don't like to inconvenience people that come on the show that live on the West Coast. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> you see this? See this? Yeah. Ant, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Ant's unbelievable. It's thing. Seth, that's the problem. You realize that Seth is your boss? You can't be doing that, Ant. That's why I can't have Anthony walk with me. Can't walk with me because it'll smell weird. Can't can walk I, with me. Can I walk like a couple yards back with you? You can walk, you can walk in front of a bus. Who wants Find to him. walk with Elias? What are we up to? We're up to number, uh, wait. Five. Five. Uh, what did he just say? Oh, Rob. I, I just Rob Van Dam. Chair shots. That might have been from one of Rob's phone a chair in my face spots. I just I blanked out. Kicking me in the oh, face many times. Face. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was funny. All right, so number five. I'm going with Kurt Angle here. You had mentioned Kurt Angle before, Seth. What number did you have, Kurt? Eight. I think Kurt is a 12 or 13-time uh, world champion. Um, you know, from his time in TNA, as you said, WWE. Um, there's a layup here. I mean, Kurt, do I have to explain Kurt Angle? First ever Olympic gold medalist in the business and his success on so many levels still on Raw as the mouthpiece and GM. I mean, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, just Kurt Angle's Kurt Angle. I, mean, I don't have to sell Kurt to you guys. Uh, who's your number five? My number five is Harley Race. Um, I had him on and I took him off. Wow. I had Harley. Wow, that's I, I did. I throw a flag no, on I, you for that, man. No, but. I know, but I, because of the names I had, I, I, I went. But I, I really put a lot of thought into this list, and there's right. no disrespect to the great Harley, no doubt. Can't continue. And the thing with Harley Race is, you know, six-time NWA champion. This guy, you know, and you know, listen to Ric Flair talk about him. He was 24/7, not like Ric Flair. Woo, he was 24/7. I'm the champ, and I'll kick anybody's ass for real. Yeah. He would, yeah. they would go into bars. Like Rick told a story where he, he would just go to the pool table, knock all the quarters off the table, and put his on. He goes next. <laughs> just, <laughs> I love it. You know him and see, bro, I, yeah. I, Here's the thing, and it's the truth because he back then, and I know I I did my part years later, and a lot of us did. You, you we didn't play wrestler. Harley Race didn't play wrestler. He wasn't a wrestler just when you saw him on TV or at the arena. He was Harley Race all the time, and and I get it. I get it, and that's that's what I think is lost today. That today guys want to be cool and play Xbox on TV. <laughs> yep. You know, can you imagine Harley Race sitting there with an Xbox controller in his hand on TV? No, he'd like, smash it and sit there and smoke a cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and drink a big beer. Yeah. I've seen, I've driven in a car with Harley Race. And I, I could tell you, and I told the story a long time ago. It was me, Harley Race was driving, and in the car were two young wrestlers named Taz and Chris Benoit. And I can tell you this right now, terrifying, in the rain, in Atlanta, driving to a show, hydroplaning in this giant Cadillac <laughs> with Harley laughing, just, yeah! And I'm like, shit, it's over. Gone. I'm done. Just sitting there. Like, it's Chris over. and I'm like, okay, okay, we're done. We need to say nothing, sir. You're, you're good. I'm like, oh, too fast? No, we're good. Ah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. I, I heard he, he just pins it every time he drives. It Doesn't care. I said, I got out of the car, and I said, I will never, ever, <laughs> ever, I don't care if I'm junior man or not, Get in a car with this guy again. Ain't happening. One, so, one of two sorry. men that Andre the Giant was afraid of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Him and Haku. Yeah. yeah. Haku, another guy, yeah. Hey, uh, what do you got there? I have The Rock at, what are we at, number five? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have The Rock at number five, and I mean, it's kind uh, of self-explanatory, especially, yeah. again, being the age I am. He was like yep. one of the four biggest guys at the time. No doubt. I mean, you can't throw a flag on Rock as a champ. Again, I look at, like, a lot of guys on my list are from, like I said, uh, the, the mid-'90s, late-'90s, early-2000s. Uh, I just feel it was an ultra, ultra, ultra competitive time then uh, between TV and then dirt sheets really getting popular. And then, next you know, the Internet comes about. Like, you know, it, it was, a, little, it was, it was diff a difficult time to compete with everyone. It was very competitive. And I say it all the time, and I'll say it till I die. I mean, it really was. And The Rock was in the middle of that, you know, uh, was one of the guys in that. A little bit later than some of the names I said, but yeah. Uh, my number four is a 16-time world champ. It's John Cena. Uh, Seth just mentioned him earlier. No matter if you like Cena or not, I I've talked about this a few times. You know, John has managed 
to get in the ring, especially as he's getting older as of late, um, he goes with anybody. And he has big-time matches with anybody. He really does. And I don't care if you like him or not. You, you, you know, the guy's phenomenal on the microphone. Uh, they give him a lot of freedom, obviously. He's got a lot of political, you know, some powers there. And he can kind of do what he wants. He's earned a lot of that. But in the ring, the guy can go. And he's proved himself. And he is doubted upon all the time. He raises his level all the time. He's competitive as hell. And look at his physique. Look at his face. Look at everything about him. Has he really changed over the years? No one ever talks about how great this guy. He still looks the same. He might be bigger and stronger and more muscular than he was when he first came up. I mean, look at Seth, right or wrong, his body. like yeah. his, his. You can never question his passion and dedication to, to wrestling. It's it's. Second to battle nine. tested, battle tested. Knock on wood for the guy. Injuries. How tough and rugged is this effing guy's body? Even when he has injuries, he would keep going. He has elbows swollen up like a golf ball, like a grapefruit. He, like crazy. He's a, a old school interior lineman. JR and I were just talking about this. I, John and I used to kid around. Before I went to see the post, I went to a small school up in Springfield, Mass, called AIC. And I played football there. And I blew my knee out and I had to leave. Uh, it was different back then how it was for the athletes today. John Cena, where I mentioned that, he went to school in Springfield, but he went to Springfield College and played football there. And John and I used to talk about that because it's this little town up where the Basketball Hall of Fame is, and it's not really a metropolis, metropolis but we would laugh about certain this, the hero shop in town, all this different stuff. We used to get heroes. and but I'm older than John, but anyway, uh, John Cena, to me, uh, uh, the reasons I mentioned, he, he's at number four. I don't care what anybody says. What's your number four? And his work might be as better now than it's ever been. Some of the matches yeah. he's had with AJ and everything, great, great stuff. No, no doubt. Everybody. Yeah. Um, my number four, and you know, like I said, to me, this is about wrestlers who are defined by being the champion, and, and uh, definitely these top four. I, Hulk Hogan, I have number four. I mean, he was the face of professional wrestling for a long time. I mean, he, you yep. know, Vince McMahon was a genius. He saw Rocky three, and you know. See, I got to bring this guy back to my company because he was there before as a heel with a, you know, as a uh, with a Freddie Blassie. So, yeah. you know, once that Rock, Rocky three was gigantic, I mean, and he was awesome in it. He played he they made him look larger than life. I mean, oh, Thunderlips, baby. Yeah. The, the Thunderlips is here in the flesh, <laughs> baby. How much do you think he eats? Uh, about about 202 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was great. Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in that movie made that movie, and Stallone was great with that. Ah, yep. that, that was my favorite movies of all time. And Vince uh -huh. is no dummy. He like that's he goes. He, he saw dollar signs in his eyes when he saw that movie, and you know he brought him yeah. back, and the rest is history. I mean, this guy was yes, his whole career was around the title, no matter where he was, because he was the man. You got that yeah. right, Haas. All right, so what do you got there, uh, Ant? <laughs> I, I you know. make a face. I called you Haas. You made a little face. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been called Haas in your life. <laughs> Yeah, talking hey, what do you got? Hey, I have. This doesn't need an explanation. You guys already have him on your list too. I have Kurt Angle at number four. I just okay. thought he was the one of the most fun guys, especially when he was champ during that time period. Right. Whether it was the milk well, or the was, reps. Well, he, he. It's funny you said fun because when I think of Kurt, I don't think him fun. But I know why you would say that because of the reasons you said. And the thing is, uh, it's another thing that Kurt doesn't get enough credit for. How and he, I think in his Hall of Fame speech, he kind of got into this and he had fun there too. Here's a guy who could, could laugh at himself and have so much fun and not take himself so serious, but yet can literally tear your effing limbs off your body. Anybody, just, the guy's an animal. 
like, I can't explain it to you, like how friggin' tough Kurt is. Like, he will kick the shit out of just about everybody on that roster today. <laughs> like, like I'm just telling you, like, you you cannot play with him, and it takes a lot to piss him off at the ring. I've tried, and I got a little mad once, and and mm-hmm. uh, on purpose, kind of, but in playful fun. I'm like, oh, oh, all right, he's we're good, bro. <laughs> and I, I wasn't soft, but I, I tried him. I had I had to try him a little bit on a house show, and I think we we're in Denver, and uh, and and he got a little mad, but but then he calmed down quick, and we laughed, and we had a drive together, which made it even fun. Um, uh, but no, nah, I, I I love Kurt. What did I you do? Him. Uh, I I you know without peeling back the curtain too much, you know he left himself open, um, because, you know the trust of two pro wrestlers in, in a match. And I saw a little opening and I did a basic takedown and took him down. And, and, and it, cause you know, he didn't know it was coming. We were just kind of, and uh, without getting into too much detail, I mean, it's cause he wasn't really defending himself. He didn't have to, it wasn't that time of the match. And I, and I took a cheap shot. Didn't try to hurt. It wasn't an injury thing. It was a simple takedown. And it was, and he got so pissed. And I knew he'd get mad. I didn't think he'd get that mad. And I'm like, damn, boy, I was just playing around. Jeez, I, I, I know I can't take you down on a shoot. You're a freaking gold medalist. I was just, and then we laughed. But yeah, that was a long time ago. But um, yeah, so a lot of guys, but Kurt was just a fun loving guy, but he, everybody respected him because you knew he could snap at any time. Because he has that, that you know, pink where he could do that. But, you know, uh, that was years ago. But who the hell knows? I mean, it was a lot of fun. So I, I uh, who had seen, uh, who had Kurt here? Who was that? You, Ant? Yeah. Number three? Okay. No, my number Ant, three. That was Ant number four. Yeah, we're on number three now. So I go, now number three. Yeah. My number three is what you just said, Hulk Hogan. I don't think you did enough justice. I think Hulk belongs in the top three. Uh, Hulk is, uh, to a lot of the reasons you said, he's a six-time WCW champion, six-time WWF champion. Uh, any company he's been in, he's been the face of the company. I mean, Hulk uh, not only can carry the push, but he makes money on the push, makes money for the company big time. You know, so I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in Hulk um, for sure. Uh, always have been a fan of his work. Um, it's funny if you look online sometimes. Let's say you know if you go and. Look at names for like history on guys like John Cena or guys like Hulk Hogan, and you'll see so much negative bashing of them by wrestling writers and dirt sheet guys and supposed experts who've never taken a bump or lifted a weight in their life or sacrificed. And they go in there, oh, uh, Hulk Hogan won worst match ever or worst book match or John Cena, worst guy to work with. And, Listen, guys, ladies and gentlemen, don't believe any of that shit, okay? Because that's what that is. It's shit you're reading. Um, believe in watching a reaction that the masses give to some of these legends that I'm naming here or, or my team is naming. And guys like John Cena and Hulk Hogan, there's no worst. You know, yeah, can Hulk Hogan go in there and in his prime work us a physical style match that an Eddie Guerrero or Kurt Angle can or Bret Hart? No, that No. Hulk, but Hulk didn't have to. That's not what he was. Hulk's attraction and his moveset was limited, but he used it right. And he did something right because Homeboy made millions for companies and, and made millions for himself. 
So he did something right. Now, in this day and age, would he get over as much as he is now? Well, probably, maybe not, you know, uh, from a physical perspective, because it's, it's more about being, like, ultra-athletic in the ring today for the most part. Um, and during Hulk's age, he was considered huge. You know, yeah. uh, he is a big guy. He is, but, you know, they're, you know, then we saw a steady diet of guys that are huge. Now, today, it's not about being huge anymore. It's about being athletic, which I think is great. You know, um, it's the same thing, totally different topic, but I just want to say for those that follow it or, or care about it. Like, um, so I like to, tr- I love to give like examples or analogies to mainstream sports or legitimate sports. So, like lacrosse, like for years in lacrosse, like defensemen were always these big, lumbering, giant guys that were 6'3, 6'2, 6'4, you know, 225, 30 pounds for defensemen. And they were big guys with a long pole, and they would smash guys, smash the attackmen. And the past, you know, five, six years, the game has changed because you can't hit above the head. You can't hit guys in the head anymore. and Hit above the neck, I mean. Um, and you can't check as much as you used to be able to check with, with a cross-check and stuff. So now the defensemen have become more athletic and faster. And the, the guys that are playing big D1 college lacrosse that play defense are not as heavy and tall. They're more athletic and fleet-footed and quick hands. Uh, it's the same thing in football. It's the same thing in wrestling. It's athleticism now. Uh, so a guy like Hulk Hogan, from an athletic perspective, probably wouldn't soar as much. You see guys that are real big today that are athletic. A guy like Brock Lesnar has been around for years. Brock was one of those guys that was a hybrid of being a monster, a behemoth, and being ultra-athletic. You know, where Braun Strowman's pretty athletic for a guy his size, you know, if you think about it, uh, really. You know, so the bigger guys are more athletic uh, today. They kind of have to be. You know, look at this. Uh, what's his name? Moose. Moose, Moose, Moose. He was a ring of honor. I think TNA, too. I don't know where he is now. Uh, big dude playing the NFL, I believe. Um, he is massive guy. And this guy is athletic as hell. I mean, so it's about being big. And being athletic, you know, today, where back in the day, just being big was enough. Not anymore. You got to be able to haul ass in that ring. You got to be able to go. And and I think that's where Hope would struggle today. And a lot of these guys uh, from back in the day would struggle. But it's about athleticism. The champions I listed, no knock on Seth or Anthony's list. Um, I'm listing guys. If you look at the guys I've listed, they were athletic, even in their time. Bret Hart, Shane Douglas, Randy Savage, HBK, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, you know, these guys, John Cena, these guys I'm naming are athletic. So anyway, my uh, number three is Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah, you know, let's throw a flag on that. I had my number four. And for me, growing up in the time I grew up, you know, we're around the same age and going back and reading all the wrestling magazines for my, for my older brother back to like 1969. You know, it's about the AWA, NWA, WWF. And my top three kind of represent, like, the, the, there's three guys that were basically the champ in those, you know, in those federations. And uh, my number three is uh, Vern Gagne. Like, he was the Ooh, owner, he was the yes. face of AWA, and he was the champion yes. for, like, 9,000 years. And he was, yep. you know, I think he eventually kind of passed it to Nick Bockwinkle, but for the most part... He was the guy, and he was a legit guy too. He was a, a I don't know if he was Olympian or Olympic trials or something. I know he was uh, a Olympic trials. I think yeah. he was a great amateur. Yeah, I mean a lot of those guys out of Minnesota. He built that feel for to bring in a guy like a Brad Rangus um, to be a trainer and a wrestler. Another Minnesota guy. 
there was so many great wrestlers came out of there because of Vern Gagne. Uh, and Hulk Hogan got a lot of his success out of there. Um, Hulk initially got trained by Hiro Matsuda in Tampa. And I think then he went to that out right? Then he went to AWA? Yeah, yeah Hero was broke his leg first day. That's right. There you go. Shoot Jones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vern Gagne, yeah, it was a great, great, uh, great champion for sure. No doubt on that. Uh, what do you got at number three there, Big Ant? I have Cena, uh, much for like the reasons you guys said. And I st- he's still refreshing. Not like it's new, but like he still puts on a good show and I enjoy watching yep. him. And I've gotten to see him his whole career, which is also another reason why I threw him on the list because I've seen him from start all the way to now, just yeah. by my age group. Well, it's just, it's funny. A guy, uh, you know, seeing him, his success transcend through different generations of age. Uh, you're 25 and, and you remember his career and he's still rocking. So, you know, you, you got to give him credit for that. And and, uh, and he knows how to play the political game backstage, which is important. It doesn't mean that it's not a negative on him. It's just the truth. There is a, you need to know how to not piss people off. And John, I've worked enough with John to know he didn't piss anyone off. Everyone always liked John. I'm talking about the, the office, and he wasn't an ass kisser, not in front of me. And I've seen him around the bosses, including Vince, and he never seemed like an ass kisser, but he always was a very uh, optimistic type guy, no matter who he worked with or what they did with him. Or he always had a smile on his face. He never showed up to work stoned or high, didn't beat somebody up in the parking lot or at a bar. You know, it wasn't John. You know, he, he was a good soldier always and still is, I guess. You know, things are going great for him, so... All right, so uh, what are we at here? We're at number two? Yes, sir. I'm at number two. Here we go. We're getting down to number one. I think a lot of us are going to have some of the same guys here, same couple of guys. I'm going with Stone Cold Steve Austin as my number two, six-time WWE champ. Steve Austin, I mean, look, it's well documented. Um, again, I keep talking about that same era of wrestling, and Steve was, um, you know, he was anti-establishment. He was rugged. He was blue collar. The audience connected to him a lot. It's I have no problem putting Steve over. I, I consider Steve a friend. Uh, I've been on his podcast. He's been on my show. Uh, I know him a long time. I've had a lot of laughs at him. I, 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 I have not talked to him in a long time, but I'm sure if I saw him, bumped into him somewhere, we'd hug and laugh and shoot the shit and get along great. Um, no heat with me and Steve at all. I love him, but... I will say, like, it's hard for me because I was in ECW uh, not – we didn't have the TV penetration or popularity WWF did at that time during those Monday Night Wars. And I was anti-establishment, and I was blue-collar, and I was kind of like the northern version of what Steve was. I humbly say I think I kind of did it before WWE did it with him. I think Paul did that with me. Um Steve, I think, was a genius. He took some elements of myself and the Sandman and who he was and, 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 and other guys, and that's what great wrestlers and characters do. They, 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 they borrow some things from certain things that they like or work, and they make it their own, and Steve did that, and he made millions of dollars, and I'm happy for him, and, and I love him. I think he's great, and I... Uh, uh, I don't think when people see Steve Austin, they think of Taz. When people see Taz, they think of Steve Austin. Uh, I'm not saying that, but I do think that. I know Steve talked about this, I think, years ago when he had Joey Styles on his podcast, they talked about, and how it would have been cool if we would have been able to do some business together. Um, We did some stuff in WWE together with the Alliance, which really wasn't what 
I think a lot of real hardcore fans wanted to see. They wanted to see maybe me and Steve do some real business. But they wanted Steve just to kind of beat me up and do that. And I was a good soldier and I under contract and I had to do what I was told. I mean, that's just the way it goes. It's a business. You know, you work at, I always say this, you work at McDonald's and they tell you to cook fish sandwiches for the day. You say, no, nah, I'm going to cook uh, Big Macs. No, no, we want you to cook six you know, fish sandwiches. No, no, I don't want to cook fish sandwiches. I think that Big Macs will sell. Well, then, then you're fired. I mean, so it's the same thing. Uh, we want you to go uh, one minute with Steve Austin. Well, no, I want to go seven to ten minutes with Steve Austin, and I don't want to lose. I want to win. Uh, no, you're cooking fish sandwiches. So <laughs> that's how that goes. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and it's not a disrespect on Steve. I'm just saying, like, that's the way the business goes, and anybody will tell you that. I mean, that's just the way it is. Look, I Steve Austin to me, uh, he could have carried any championship, any company, and kicked ass. The guy is great on the mic. He's great in the ring. I'm a big fan of his work. Always was. Um, still a fan of his, and loves sharing a locker room with him for a little while in WWE together. Uh, his short stint he had in ECW was great seeing Steve there. I never forget. I was playing cards. I think it was with. It was like me and Rick Steiner playing cards, and I think Steve was playing with us. So he walked in the room, and he's like, "Man, this cra- this shit is crazy here. You guys are nuts." Like, yeah, <laughs> he loved it. You know, he just came from WCW where he was miserable, uh, and he loved it. He he just loved it. He was only there for a little while, but uh, he was fun to be around. And so Steve Austin to me is number two, top time, top ten all time WWE, uh, uh, top all time wrestling champion. Yeah. yeah. Um, right before I give my number two, just I thought I'd give you some information you'd like to know about. Uh, Vern Gagne was drafted by the Chicago Bears in 1947, and uh, Bears owner George Hallis prevented him from uh, pursuing wrestling and football. So he chose wrestling because he thought he could make more money with it. Wow, I did not know that yeah. actually. That's one to grow you know on. somebody. You know, one of my former broadcast colleagues played for the Chicago Bears. You know who that was? A little trivia. Uh, former colleague. Oh. Steve Mongo McMichael? No, that was funny, though. Uh, no, uh, actually, Mike Adamley. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Mike Adamley was a great running back. He played um, he played for Northwestern, went to college. He was a genius and a great player. And he also uh, played for the Bears and maybe, I don't remember who else. He played for somebody else, too. Yeah, Mike was a really good football player. All right, so who's your number two? Oh, he also played for the Chiefs and then Jets. Um, I knew Yes. Good. J-E-T-S. Yes, uh, I Rick Flair is my number two. I mean, from 81 when he won his first uh, NWA world title for, like, you could say he's in the title picture for two decades almost, you know, at least 15 years. He was in or yeah. around the title, going from NWA, WWE first time, was WWF, uh, you know, when he won the title in the Royal <laughs> Rumble. So he, he was always in the title picture. And, you know, like I said, the three federations, he was – Always like the NWA champion. Always thought about Ric Flair. He's either the champ or in the conversation. Yes, uh, I totally agree with you uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, what do you have, Anthony? I also have Ric Flair um, mm. because I couldn't leave him off the list and I didn't want to like put him too low because I felt that'd be disrespectful. So I felt too. My number one will be a little clearer why he's not number one. Okay. Pooh. Well, Rick Flair is my number two. Rick Flair is your number two. So you're going with Seth is saying here, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm just a loser. Uh, I. Uh, <laughs> he just getting smashed. 
it's messed up. All right, my uh, my number one, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. It's uh, Ric Flair, 16-time world champ. You know, Ric Flair, I mean, you think champion, you think Ric Flair. I mean, even in this day and age, uh, it's just, it's amazing. You know, he's built a brand. He's worked his ass off in this brand for many years. Um, I give a lot of credit to his daughter, daughter Charlotte. She's got a tough act to follow, and that young lady's doing a kick-ass job doing it. So I, I, I met her once. I don't really know her, but I got to tell you, um, that's a that's a tough thing being a pro wrestler, and your daughter is uh, your dad, I should say, is uh, is Ric Flair. Wow, uh, and you're on the level of WWE, and you're doing that. I give her a lot of credit because that's a very tough act to follow to carry that name, um, but I give her a lot of credit. I really do. Um, it's crazy. Somebody on Twitter, listen to this. Now, you guys will laugh because you guys know me. Uh, I won't say the guy's name. I don't want Somebody said, watch, I'm listening to the Tash or watch them, whatever you're saying on, on, you know, online right now, live. Uh, number number one uh, pick for top 10 champs. Watch, Taz will say himself. Uh, okay. And he put an LOL. He put an LOL. I hope the guy's joke. I'm like, dude, really? Like, I, I didn't even put myself on a list. Okay. Wah, wah. Like, really? Come on. Like, you really, if you watch or listen to my show or follow me on social media, I think you know me better than that. Um, Let's be honest. Don't... They'll just yell at me after the show to say, why wasn't I on your list? Well, that's kind of true. Yeah, that's <laughs> that that actually is true. I will say, you should have had me number one, you son of a bitch. What the Mr. I'll do a Mr. Pimento on you. <laughs> so, all right, so who's your number one, Seth? Um, my number one is, you know, like I said, I thought about this as guys who are synonymous with being champion. And this guy, you mentioned him earlier, even though he's only, he only held the WWF title two times, is for a total of 11 years. But Bruno Sammartino, you know, he wasn't the greatest wrestler, the greatest promo guy, but he was, to me, the greatest champion because he held the title for so long and so consistent, selling out Madison Square how many, Garden. How many, years, how many years did Bruno have it? 11 total, two reigns. And the only reason he didn't have it. What's going on? What are you in a dark match? What's going on here? Hold the lights on. Hold on. Turn my lights on! Hold on. Hold <laughs> what the hell's going on? Right, go. We're back. We're back. Because uh, I, I was so still and steady, so stealth that the lights thought yeah. I wasn't here anymore. Yeah, I know. You have no energy. You have rigor mortis. So wait a minute, Bruno. You have number one. Yeah. This I told wow. you. This I looked at this list a little differently. These are like you know, this is not my number one wrestler of all time. He's my number one champion because of the years he put in holding <sighs> the belt, and it's just you know, seven years, seven plus years. The first time, sixty three to seventy one. Beating Buddy Rogers, losing Ivan Koloff. Two two years later, they Bro, begged him. Uh, uh, listen, they begged listen, him listen. to come back. No, but listen, what year are you talking about? Is seventy nine? What year was seventy seven? Eighty? What year was this? He went from sixty three to seventy one, then he went from the seventy three to seventy seven. I, listen, I'm a huge Bruno fan. Grew up a Bruno fan. Uh, yep. You know, I have him. He's on my honorable mention. I, I hate to throw a flag, not a flag on you, but I, I looked at it a little different. Uh, about from a wrestler's perspective, the competitiveness of the era and locker rooms. And those guys years ago, as I have a lot of respect for them, and I've said it a few times in this episode here of the Taz Show, guys were able to keep titles back in the day for a lot longer because that was the gimmick, that was the shtick. Fans were less educated to the way things were done, and they were less needy, less entitled. And it's, this sounds disrespectful on fans. It's really not. The entitlement is built in, and this is stereotyping all fans, so I apologize to all fans, including me. I'm a fan. 
But the entitlement that we all have as fans was built by the promotions. And one of the promotions is WWE because of the success they've had and how much they give and give. And they, they're trying because they're giving because they want to keep you and keep us, but they also are, 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 are slaves to the ratings. And, and, and back in the day, the wrestlers didn't have that pressure. They wanted to sell out the house to make more money, which is the right attitude back then. Um, so I'm not telling you, Seth, you shouldn't have Bruno number one. But I, I agree that when I hear the name Bruno Sammartino, I do think champion. When I hear the name Ric Flair, I think champion. When I hear the name Harley Race, I think champion. And I don't have Harley on my list. Um, when I hear Terry Funk's name, I think champion. You know, uh, um, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, I think champion. And that's what I went by. That's, you know, to get the guys who are synonymous. And it, it is a different time. Now guys just want to be as you guys say over, you know, they want to be, they want to build their character and, and be part of the show and, you know, and hope to be champion and champions are kind of, they're rotated in and out now. It's, you know, it, it's just a different too time. Much. And I, look, I just looked at it a different way. It's, it's too much today, but, yeah. but the era I'm saying, I know during my prime and during the, like I said, mid to late nineties, it was a bitch. It was hard. And you know, it was hard. The reason I didn't have guys like Stone Cold on or The Rock is because they were not defined by the by the championship. They were defined by who they were. You know, they they made themselves. They didn't need a title to be the most popular guy on the show or to make the, the guy making the most money. They didn't need the title to to have that. They just they were that because who they were, not because of the right. belt they were. Ric Flair is not the same guy without the championship. As great as he is, and he's always you know he's a legend at this point. But in in his heyday, if he you know he was always involved, and if he wasn't, he was lost. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree. He, he belonged to be around that title picture where today, you know, uh, that's the good thing about them not keeping titles on guys and girls too long, because if they don't have it, it's fine. They can still rock and roll in a different direction. AJ Styles, look, we see him rocking now. U.S. title or Kevin Owens. They, you know, look, Finn Balor was the first universal champion and had the injury, had it for one day. And now we've been trained to forget that he had that title. They were going to push him hard. But he's able to trans trans uh, into another, you know, transition into another, just a role on the card and, and do some cool stuff with Bray Wyatt as of late, you know. So you could, back in the day, you couldn't do that with a guy like Ric Flair, you know. If he wasn't the title run or some of these guys that are known as champs, they didn't have. It's not a knock on them. They just you couldn't. Um, they weren't uh, utility players. They, you couldn't be in a different role. They had to be in that championship light, to your point. You know what I mean? What do you got, Ant, number one? I have Eddie Guerrero, and like I said before, I didn't look at it the same way as you guys. When I was younger and he won, it was by far, like to this day, my favorite moment. And even though it wasn't a clean finish, that was like great because it was not expected, especially me being like a young cat. And yeah. I, I don't know. I just enjoyed everything about him. But his championship run was a lot of fun. All the stuff he did with JBL afterwards, after he beat Brock. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So he's my number one. Did you love the color commentator back then? The best. I was watching <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching with my roommates. And this guy, he goes, this guy, I'm watching One Night Stand. He goes, this guy's really funny. And I was like, dude, that's Taz. Yeah, they're not yeah, wrestling right. fans, so like obviously they're not hip to it. Hip oh yeah, I'm like you. You're very hip. Yeah, you're very. <laughs> I know you're very hip hop, as we noticed when you and Bazanji dueled, and you get your ass whooped. Um, all right, so there you go. That's basically <laughs> top ten uh, world champs of all time. Fancy draft. I uh, look. There's going to be some backlash on social media. So many people say, "Ah, you suck. How could you say this guy? How could you not say that guy?" Ba 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 ba. 
it's subjective. It's beauty is in the eye, the beholder, you know, whatever, um, whatever you think. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's it's to each his own. Uh, before yeah. we wrap up here, because we're late in the fifth quarter, yeah. I want to talk real quick about Mayweather McGregor. Uh, I want to get you, Seth. Actually, I want to get your perspective. I know you're you're a bigger uh, boxing fan than me. Yeah. And you're very good friends with Paulie Malinari. Paulie Malinari. Malinari. Paulie Malinari. You know, Paulie has been right in the middle of this thing. Yeah. I'm happy for him. I mean, no matter what, my man's brand just blew up. Paulie, yeah, sure did. Know? And he's, he's no dummy. He, you know, he's... No, I know. I know you dropped the podcast. You guys dropped the podcast yesterday yep. with him? Should, yeah, right away. I recorded him on the phone from Vegas, and we dropped it yesterday. A quick uh, 20-minute check-in with him just to give us a little uh, what's going on there because he ended up face-to-face with Connor the other day, and I uh, told Connor to bring his balls. Yeah, uh, that was in Vegas, right? Now, yeah. There's a bunch of people around them. Yep. And uh, now Paulie's still going to do the color commentary tomorrow night, right? Yeah, he's Showtime's guy, man. He's great, and he's great at it. You know, he, you guys. It's funny how much, we we always talk about how much you guys have in common. You know, you're, you're, yeah. where you're from and what you where how your careers went. So it's 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 cool. And, yeah. and I know he was. We tried to get him on. He's been so busy. It's been he's been get him crazy yeah. and like more. He's not used to this. Like it's it's it went from zero to a million. You know, it's it's totally. Yeah upside down and you know he doesn't have handlers or people you know he's pretty much does yeah. his own thing so it's it's been i think it's been overwhelming a little bit i mean he wouldn't yeah, say that feeling. but i know the feeling yeah. um yeah, yeah i don't have that kind of push but he's got the push right now but the thing is there's been some scuttlebutt because they're saying well you know maybe there's some conspiracy theory now did mayweather send this guy here paulie uh into the camp of mcgregor to be a spy because mayweather and paulie i don't think that yeah that's a crazy theory right you know what you, I mean? you think mayweather needs an advantage i mean the guy no, it, it, no. you know this is ridiculous i mean i, mean, I know you know and it's funny you know i asked paulie yesterday about the eight ounce gloves you know he's, they went from 10 ounce to eight ounce and floyd's fought 95 percent of his fights with eight ounce gloves and connor's like oh now i'm gonna knock him out knock him out quicker blah 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 so, <laughs> you ain't gonna touch him you're not going to touch him. It, this people it's, underestimate it's be, Floyd. Yeah. This guy is 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 the smartest. He's a technician. His IQ, his speed. I watched Flo- I watched Connor hit the bag. Like, dude, you're going to hit get hit five times before you even think of throwing a punch. Dude, I mean, some of the best boxes in the world couldn't get lay hands on this guy. No, you Manny know what I mean? Pacquiao. He's like Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. You know, forget about it. Yeah, yeah bro. It's this fight is going to be boring. This guy may well really that. never. I never thought, look after the entrances and the, and the, <laughs> and the uh, and the the shake the shake hands before the fight with the ref. It, it's really going to be boring. Besides the, the shit talking that's going to happen in between the rounds. Yeah, he's I, not gonna... I disagree. I think um I think Floyd sees this as a great opportunity to go out with a bang, and he's going to put a beaten a beaten on Conor McGregor. All right, I, I Connor, hope you're right. Conor's going to look I... for a way. This is Paul. He thinks, and I agree with him. Because he know he got to know Connor a little bit in the ring and how he reacted, things not he's gonna know pretty quick that this is not gonna go his way. He's a little delusional too, Connor. He's very talented, oh, yeah. but he's a little bit yeah. nuts. He, he's a little nuts. He's gonna he's realize very quickly that this I'm in for a long night. And oh, wait, 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 wait. So oh, I spent. So you're yeah. saying that you think that I've been my battle cry about this fight yeah. has been that that Mayweather is gonna do his typical deal, play defense, no. and then wait. For, for, you think he's gonna be aggressive? Yeah. Okay. Hey. You're you're more of a boxing connoisseur than me. I, I'll he's lean gonna, on you. I, I hope you're right. Hope he's gonna right. see. He's gonna see this guy has no uh, no experience skill. as far as skill. 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 Right, but, right. but also like but experience to know where the traps are, to know where the feints are, and to know what he's gonna yeah. see. What he's 
He's going to find out what he's going to bite on, and then he's going to pick them apart. Like this is like a, this is an easy, easy day for him. And uh, yeah, no, Connor's going to get very I, frustrated. I guarantee you this. I would bet if there was an odds on this, Connor will definitely throw him to the ground at some point when they tie up. I, he will definitely throw him down. I said this the other down. day. I, I said the other day. It would be great if I know that he's got something in his contract, uh, Mayweather, some language that yep, he no can't MMA. use. Yeah, yeah it would be great, though, if Connor just said, you know what, F this, I'm losing. I'm doing. A, I'm shooting a single leg or double leg. Just, it would be a great pop. It would be awesome. I know he doesn't get his money then, apparently, right. so he won't do it. But He will boxing foul. He will do boxing <laughs> fouls. He will rabbit punch. He will hold. He will throw him down. I guarantee it because he will look for what. He'll look for a way out, and they'll have an excuse. Oh, they DQ me. They won't let me fight. This this is a pussy sport. You know, this is, yeah. you know, and he'll, he'll cry, and he'll try to save face, and he'll look, you know, I, listen, personally, for, for my own for my own benefit, because I work with Paulie, I hope he shows a little bit of something, because Paulie will get a fight, and Paulie will make a lot of money if he fights Connor. Good you know? point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, and even, even and in that, Paulie would kick his ass, and Connor would be, you can't get in there. When this is guys' trades, this is their art. This is what they do. You got we saw that, you know, as hard as CM Punk trained for MMA, it just it's a you know a different world. Yep. You can't just you got to respect. I, I respect that, you know. I re, I respect what Punk did more than I respect what McGregor's doing, uh, because McGregor's getting a massive payday. Punk put a lot of time in and respect towards MMA. Yep. You know, he went about it a little different. You know, Punk went about this different. And you know he took his lumps and 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 got and and he took it like a professional and like a class act. That's what Punk did. Yep. This guy here, he's he's living a gimmick. Well, you know, and, and I hope you're right. What happens? And not only you're exactly right because this guy didn't even hire a boxing uh, professional boxing oh, coach, yeah. and he had Paulie in, and Paulie went in with good intentions to his camp to say, you know, I'm here to help this guy. He's hired me. I'm going to help him out. And they just brought him in to punk him, you know, and that's going to backfire on those guys. I remember a couple weeks ago, you told me, because you were to- this is before it became public, you told me in your office, you said, I just talked to Paul, he's pissed, he gets off the plane, and they're like, we got, you're going, we're going 12 rounds. Yeah. Right? He had no heads up. Like, and yeah, we're going he barely rounds. trained, he trained a little bit, you know, and he still he said, still said he handled him pretty well, and he got gassed out the last couple of rounds, but Paulie, I said, Paulie, why don't you stay and kick his ass a little more? He goes... He goes, I already knew what I could do. He said, and if I stayed there, I would have got real sharp real quick. And, uh, you know, he goes, I already knew what I could do, and I, I wasn't going to stand around for that. You know? I don't think MMA fans understand. Like, Paulie, this guy's a, he's a two-time world champion, correct? Yeah. This guy's not a punk, okay? This guy was the real deal. And they treated you know? him that so, way. Because Paulie talked a lot of, uh, he talked a lot of S, you know, when uh, Connor got his boxing license, and rightfully so, because he's like, you, you were kind of my sport. Lot, wait, hold on. You say talk a lot of ass, like a lot of shit? Yes, talk a lot of shit. You, you said the P word before. Now you, you, you're, 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 I'm all you're over the place. Something? What do you want? I'm, I'm, not, you know, I'm not on every day like you. I'm not a content machine. I don't, you know, I'm not smooth. You're really not. No, you're, but, but you talk a lot of shit. And Paulie, you know, Paulie said, you're my sport. I, I'll kick your ass. And, you know, Paulie still thinks he'll kick his ass yeah, yeah. after sparring with him. So, And people like to the show pictures question. of Paulie getting hit and everything. Connor had yeah. a, face, a face mask on like this, you know, headgear like this. He had a yeah, chin yeah, yeah. protector on, which yeah, Paulie said he's never seen in his life. He said, how is this guy getting prepared to get hit when he can't hit it? You're not, he's not getting hit in, in sparring. Even his chin. He's not taking shots to the face or the chin. It's like he's in for a rude awakening because it's a different sport. So, UFC well, guys don't like get hit in the head wait, wait. 500 he times. Had a, he had like a, like a catcher's mask on. Like a Stay right there. I'm going to go get it. I have it here. Come I'm going to show All you. Right, I'll, I'll stall. Anyway, one sec. Uh, stick your finger in your ear and go tango one shot Jones. There you go. Yeah, no. So uh, yeah, we're waiting for Seth to get the um, 
to get the uh, the chin protector. I don't know why he has the, why he has the mask. That this is what Conor McGregor, I guess, wore. This is breaking news. I think this is a big deal. Yeah. This is huge. And Seth yeah. is back. Let's see. What what do we get? So this, how did you get this? What the hell is with that? Bro? With, and and Conor also has a chin strap. This is not even a. He has a thick padding on his chin too. You see pictures of it. And uh, so you, you know, Paulie had an open face headgear, and people were saying, "Oh, your face is all marked up. You got beat up." He's like, "How's Conor gonna have a mark on his face? You can't even hit his face." Can't hit his face. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, so that's what he had on. Huh? That, yeah, with, a, that with an extra that chin. One. With an extra chin pad. Cool. Yeah. Nope. Wow. Connor. Yeah. yeah so, so that's gonna be hard. That's to go in there with Bareface Jones. Yeah. And you got this guy with this light. Like I, I thought maybe when they showed McGregor hitting like the speed bag, like he was working. <laughs> how how bad he is at it. No, believe me, I, I would suck at it too. I'm not a bottom out of hands torn guy. I'm not a boxer. I never claimed to be, but you know, I, and then you, they show. Mayweather, who's been doing it since he's a little kid, he's like, like it's unbelievable. Like it's, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, mean, I saw Duran I, I, train when I was 13 years old. He was doing the speed bag with his head. I mean, like these guys are, you know, unbelievable. Freaks, man. No, they're yeah. amazing. I used to do when I trained uh, at Gleason's gym as a wrestler with Johnny Rods. Uh, I had about a year or so, two years into my training, and I used to watch the boxes while I was getting ready to get in the ring. I'd be watching the boxes train. There's so many rings at Gleason's. And they had our ring right there, you know, and they respected our space. We respected them. Everybody was cool with each other. Never had a problem with any of the boxes. We all respected each other. But I watched these guys train, and I'm like, yo, you don't ever. I knew a lot of them, too. I was friends with one of them, real good friends. You never want to, like, trade hands with boxes to this day. You no. know, they, no. are, they are registered with, like, in the state of New York, like the New York boxes, with the State Athletic Commission, their hands are registered. Because their weapons, uh, as wrestlers, as a New York wrestler, I was, my body was registered. And if you had a license in New York State, like I couldn't just attack someone unless I was defending myself because you're considered a weapon. I'm not kidding. It's the truth. That's why I came up. I took some of the stuff from the boxing and the New York State Athletic Commission. I said, I don't need a weapon. My hands are my weapon. <laughs> so that's, that's, and that's kind of where I came from. Because it was considered, like, I can't remember the language. That was kind of like, it was like a weapon. And uh, that's what you were considered with the athletic commission back then in the, you know, whatever it was, uh, late 80s, early 90s. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I think tomorrow, I, I, I don't know, you got me thinking now maybe I'm wrong. I thought tomorrow was going to be a snooze fest. No. But you're saying, no. No, you're saying this guy's going to be aggressive. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, this is, a, you're talking about, a, you know, a guy, he's not going to have anything for him, you know. Wait, I got a left I hand, I got a left hand. He'll see it coming from a mile away, and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna F him up. All right, well, on Monday, uh, we're going to have to react to this. You're going to watch the fight? You're going to watch it? Yeah. Wait, you're not, you're not producing? Monday? Oh, uh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is back. Yeah. <laughs> you see this, Ant? That's messed up, man. He's just talking out Dennis. You know, oh, what's this? Oh, it's tape. <laughs> <laughs> Tissues? Yeah. Oh, look at this. Oh, tags. <laughs> hey, Ant, you see this turn it up. Oh, Ant. I don't even feel bad, though, because to be honest, it's nice to see Dennis get ripped a little bit when he's not here. Yeah, hey, he does a lot of ripping of you, so I don't blame you for getting, being cool with it. Hooray, right, 84 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just had about three hours here of programming, folks, so. um. 
<laughs> we're almost at three hours, 10 more minutes. We're going to wrap up now. Yeah. So sorry I didn't get a chance to interact with everybody on Facebook. Uh, otherwise, I'd, I'd hear it. We had an audio issue. Sorry the phones didn't work today also. So, you know, never did a show from Skype while the team's in the studio. But we'll be back Monday. Another Taz show. Next week, a good chunk will probably Skype like this. Video live, live. Podcast will drop like normal here today uh, at TazShow.com. And the VOD will drop. Regular routine for Taz Show. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the Mayweather uh, um, gimmick fight. And uh, talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks, everybody in the studio. Seth and crew, appreciate you. Love you guys. See you on Monday.